All right, Brian, I'm going to go up to the upper level and run this wire down through the wall. Grab your walkie. I'll call you when I get up there. Okay. Brian, pick up. Over. What? Brian, please say over when you finish talking. Over. What? Over. Do you see the wire yet? Over. No. No what? Over. No, over. Okay, I'm going to start feeding it through. Over. Wait, if you haven't started feeding it, why'd you ask me if I could see it? Didn't copy that. Over. I said, why'd you ask me if I could see it if you haven't started feeding it? Over. Oh, that's better. I can hear you now. Over. Do you see it yet? Over. You know, you're a jackass. For the record, I don't want to hang out with you anymore when this is over. When this is what, Brian? Over. I said, I don't want to hang out with you anymore when this is over. When this is what? You've got to finish your sentence. Over. That's it. My sentence is over. Your sentence is what, Brian? Over. My sentence is... Wait a minute. I have to say over even if the sentence ends with the word over? Ends with the word what, Brian? Over. Oh, I see the wire. You see the wire what? Over. Over! A brave man beats a man named Fan with a fan as he wrestles the gun out of his hands. I don't understand. Mr. Fan was beaten with a fan. What is going on in this news story? Well, our shooting suspect is badly hurt after he knocked down the door. Well, the man in the bedroom is waiting and his weapon of choice, an oscillating fan. An oscillating fan. Well, the man in the bedroom is waiting, and his weapon of choice, an oscillating fan. An oscillating fan. Mr. Fan was greeted by a man armed with an oscillating fan. He beats the suspect down the stairs for the oscillating fan. Fan like ham? Right, okay. Armed with an oscillating fan. Long fan. Okay. The victim of the fan attack. Back up for a second. An oscillating fan. An oscillating fan. Okay. Mr. Dong Fan. Ham with a P in front of it, which makes it a fan. An oscillating fan. An oscillating fan. Okay. An oscillating fan. Mr. Fan and the fan. Mr. Dong Fan. Okay. Fantastic, wonderful writers. Uh, why, hello, it is 7 minutes and 18 seconds after the hour of 11 of this, the month of July, the year of our Lord, uh, 2008. Thank you for coming along and making a part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed, yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970, the talker. This, my friends, is the Rick Emerson radio program. Draw near that ye might be amused. It is uh, 503 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Uh, 2970, if you'd like to join us today, 503-733-2970. With your comments, questions, clarifications, conventions, two cents, what have you. Damn it, I forgot my Yiddish dictionary. A fan, fan, an oscillating fan. Now everything in my head is just accompanied by some sort of weird Euro dance track. I could not get white wheat sourdough English muffin bagel out of my head this morning. <laughs> I woke up to it. It was in my head. You know, and can I just tell you this? Uh, I, so, Joni uh, DeRoshi and Todd the Corpse and I all had dinner at Gustav's the other night. And by the way, I feel like I ought to be retro-billing Gustav's for all of the advertisements we've given them with the white wheat sourdough English muffin bagel thing. And so we went there the other night for dinner just quite by coincidence because I'm going to back up now because otherwise I'm going to get all off-kilter and then I'm going to get like nine minutes into this and I won't even have introduced today's uh, program, which is the Rick Emerson Radio Show right here in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It's 503-733-2970. It is uh, Thursday, and welcome to Day 12. Uh, it's July 3rd. Don't forget we're here tomorrow for our annual Christmas in July show. 
Uh, tomorrow we'll be playing back uh, Ebenezer, I Barely Knew Her from last December. Uh, we uh, will be playing back Behind the Christmas, uh, some of your favorite Christmas musical selections. And if all comes together as planned, plan an oscillating fan. Stop it. Stop it now. What? That's not catching in my head as much as the... <laughs> oh, man. I get it. See, but the, the, the thing about the white wheat sourdough English muffin bagel thing, as opposed to the fan fan and oscillating fan, is that the fan thing has the... It also has the added insidious advantage of rhyming, which means that every time I say anything that ends with an and sound in my head, I just hear that, an oscillating fan. The real misery of it is Tim's not even here to hear it. Uh, so I'll have to spring it on him when he gets back on Monday. What was I doing? Well, it's Thursday. Hello. It's 503-733-2970 if you'd like to join us today. 503-733-2970. Uh, Richie Bristol standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane, or words that rhyme with fan, fan, an oscillating fan. Oh, my God, you've got to stop One that. One little ditty about Jack and Diane. What? <laughs> you've got to stop that. Okay. I don't know, because it's like... Yes? I don't know, because the other one's so clever and it flows so well. This one's just saying, like, dun, 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 dun. I know, but it just worms its way into your brain like some sort of musical parasite. All right. Is it the same guy? Mm-hmm. Is it the guy who did the white wheat sourdough English muffin bagel? Cal, yep. Yeah, good for you, Cal. Well done. Anywho, uh, and so forth. This is all true. Uh, if you'd like to email us today, you can do that. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah at 970.am. Tim, uh, wait, Timmy Ryan at, I don't know. Oh, this is why you're all thrown off, because Tim's gone. I forget the change in the... I'm not thrown off. Everything is fine today. Okay. It's just I got the whole opening flow, and I can never remember what your email is. we got to give you a 970.am email address one of these days. All right. But it it is Radio Tim Ryan. Yeah, Radio, am I on? Yeah, it's that microphone is is, is F. I can't even hear myself in my own headphones right now. Yeah, we got to have that looked at at some point. Yeah, it's it's getting quieter every Uh, day. The thing is, yeah, I think you got to really stay up on it. Or if you'd like, you can be on this microphone over here. Can I be on the better one? We don't have a guest today, so let's just do that. Yeah, here we go. All right, let's Maybe I can be on both of them. All right, it'd be like the old FM jock where you have the two, like the stereo microphone. Hello. All right, let's try that. Hello. All right. There we go. That's way better. Uh, What is your, it's RadioTimRyan at Hotmail.com. RadioTimRyan at Hotmail.com or just hit me up on the MySpace. (laughs) I bet. Uh, Richie uh, with a T at 970.am is uh, also available for your uh, whatever needs. Anyway, all right, so uh, let me just back up. Um, So... Uh, we had done that whole white wheat sourdough English muffin bagel thing. And, and which, which, by the way, now is the only way I can say it. I can't even say it normally like an actual human. It's like I always have to say, Jean-Claude Van Damme! Like you have to shout it. You just can't say it. It's sort of a regular delivery. So, and then and then the guy made the video for it, too. And I almost feel like, it, don't you feel like it? if I didn't know better, wouldn't you think it was a kind of viral marketing for Gustav's? Uh-huh. You know, because it's... I went there. Do you realize that thing has got like 3,000 views on YouTube? Really? I mean, which is fine. God bless you, but that's insane and a little bit stupid. <laughs> I mean, it's wonderful. Don't get me wrong, but Christ. I mean, do people have lives? No, neither do I. So anyway, um, but I almost feel like I ought to be contacting Gustav's at this point because I think that white wheat sourdough English muffin bagel thing, which I'm really not saying to put it in people's heads. It's just there's only how you describe it. I think that, right, it has 3,000 views. That's what I'm saying. I mean, that's 3,000. You know what it is? That's 1,500 minutes of people's lives. I don't know how many. I don't know how many hours that is. But that's. I mean, that's dozens of hours closer to death that people are. So, don't you feel like we ought to be contacting Gustavs and just saying, like, look, here's the thing. We'll sell it to you. We'll sell you the jingle right now because I believe that white wheat sourdough English muffin bagel could be the new 
Creditreport.com, baby, which is the thing that lodges its way in your freaking head. Every, it's, I mean, well, I walk around singing like it. Like Leif's Auto Collision Center. The finest in collision repair. All right, stop. Everyone stop. Back away from the jingles. Anywho, so we went to Gustav's the other night, Joni DeRoshi and Todd DeCorpse and myself, and... We're, and we had just sort of picked it because everybody was being really passive about it. Nobody wanted to pick a place to eat. And because they had functioned as script supervisors for the roast that we did, um, you know, I was like, okay, you know, you and, 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 and let's be honest, they really, they, the roast was kind of stressful on everybody, but everything had to get filtered through them. They're the ones who had to follow the deadline. They're the ones who had to look for duplicating material or stuff that wasn't going to work for some reason. So they, they really had a pretty difficult job. And I said, well, you know, everything's over and settled down now, and we're all kind of caught up. Let me take you guys out to dinner, and we'll just, you know, we'll just, you know, just as my way of saying thank you for helping to coordinate all the scripts. And I, I hate making decisions in some ways because I think I make decisions all day long, and all day long, you know, I sort of, I have to, you know, I have to sort of choose what to do and what not to do. And so when the day is over, I don't want to have to choose anything. And so my wife and I sometimes, when we're going out to dinner, we'll get into that thing where neither of you wants to pick the place where you're going to eat. Uh, and so, anyway, it was this long, drawn-up thing. And finally, Todd just stepped in. He's like, that's it. We're going to Gustav's. Because apparently he's got some fetish for the Gustav's place. So we go there. There's a long way to get to a revelation, which is that at the end of the night, we realized that at no point did we actually make the waiter say white wheat sourdough English muffin bagel. I mean, we were there. We were there in the restaurant. And at no point did we decide to just have the guy. I mean, we, we could have just, I mean, it wasn't even breakfast time, but we could have made him say it. We could have just said, hey, if I was here for breakfast, if it was morning, what would my choices for bread be? And we never did it. So, anyway, lost opportunities. White wheat, sourdough, English muffin bagel, <laughs> and so forth. Anyway, so I forgot my Yiddish dictionary. I'm going to start busting out a Yiddish word of the day, but that's going to have to wait till tomorrow. Okay, Jesus, it's 15 after. Uh, here's what's coming up today. Uh, CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins will join us today with the CNN political ticker. Uh, we'll also talk to CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum, who is gearing up for the Nathan's Famous Hot Dog Eating Contest. Uh, which is, what is with that is phone ringing in the back of the room? Why does it ring sometimes? Hey, Rich, hold on a second. Let me just... Hey, Richie Bristol, can you come in here for a second? <laughs> Whatever. I think you said okay. You know, that sounds like every time I take a subway to Brooklyn, it's like I always get on the train that has the broken thing. <laughs> Hello, Richie Bristol. Good Are morning. you on this line here? This line one that looks as though it's picked up. Is that you? No. You can't. Okay, well, he's just talking about that. I think is that... Is that why that phone yeah, rings in here? Maybe. Oh, it's ringing back. I don't know if people can hear this, but apparently they can hear the squeaking door, so maybe I'm they, sure can. they can. Hear Occasionally it. there is a there's a, a an actual physical phone in here because most of the time as, as I every so often I sort of explain how the studio is set up, but I don't really have a phone. I just have this it's just a box. I mean it, it looks kinda, like an elevated keyboard. That's exactly what it looks like. It, it exactly. It looks like a computer keyboard. I don't have a handset or anything. Sarah does. But we don't really use it that much. But occasionally it just starts ringing. And it's sort of like that weird red phone on Commissioner Gordon's desk that, you know, or like that, like the phone in Failsafe where Henry Fonda picks it up because he finds out that the Russians are about the nucus or whatever. It's the bat phone. Exactly. And it's not supposed to ring. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it does. But and it's then like it a weird drives us crazy. Too. And it's like a weird, it's, it's like a weird error ring or something. Mm -hmm. All right. Hmm. I'll try it again. So what is right. it? So do you think it's when he's. I don't know. One I, line for too long. Maybe or? like maybe it maybe it's like when you leave one of those lines sort of picked up, but nothing's happening on it, and it's sort of like a eh, 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 kind of a thing, but a ring. 
I'll try it again. All right. Well, in any event. Thank you, Richie. Anywho, uh, so Steve Kastenbaum will be joining us today from New York City, where he's gearing up for the Nathan's Famous Hot Dog Eating Contest. I think, I think either today or tomorrow, Richie's trying to land us an interview with Joey Chestnut, who is, I believe, the current world champion. Uh, and what's his name? Blah, 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 Kobayashi is going to be back at it tomorrow, uh, attempting to be victorious. So don't forget, we'll be here live tomorrow for our annual uh, Christmas in July show. Here's what else is coming up today. Penis watch on the way today. Uh, clergy watch, religious nutcase watch. I have a taser watch somewhere, but I lost it. Uh, so i got to find that. Uh, we'll do the top five songs featuring whistling that aren't Dock of the Bay by Otis Redding. As a listener submitted top five. The top five songs that aren't Dock of the Bay uh, by Otis Redding featuring whistling. Uh, we'll also play back, and I meant to do this yesterday. The douchiest phone call ever? The douchiest phone call ever, because uh, everybody's asking me uh, about it. And it's sort of all over the Internet, but I'll play it back. Uh, today we'll do the the, the the douchiest phone message ever left. Uh, I do have it's the worst song you've ever heard. Uh, we'll try to get to that. And let's see. Let me see if there's anything else here. Oh, it's high concept Thursday, but I have no high concept topic at at, at the moment. But one has just sort of occurred to me. Wait, hold on. I was going to do a fireworks related thing, but it's like how many times can you hear about a guy who blew his eye out? I think we should do a Timmy Ryan related one. Really? All right. Oh, by the way, if you go to uh, rickemerson.com right now, uh, a guy sent us, and we'll talk to Timmy Ryan in just a moment, a guy sent us a great, this is from, what is his name, Merrick? He said, have you ever noticed that Timmy Ryan bears a striking resemblance to Simon Helberg, who plays Howard on the CBS show The Big Bang Theory? Here's a picture from his show site. It's wow. like... Wow. <laughs> if you go to rickemerson.com, you can see a picture of this guy from The Big Bang Theory, who does look, it's like if Timmy Ryan was a member of Herman's Hermits, it's sort of, it's like if you were a member of the Kinks or something, it's like you as a mod. So, there Not you go. Not a mod. I'm just saying if you were, though. Like if you were to go, un- like if you were to. Be Listen a- before you snap. <laughs> if you were to be an extra in an Austin Powers film, this would be you. Somebody sent me one with uh, a picture comparing him with uh, Richard Belzer. And- I could see that. The Bells? All right. The Timmy Bell, Ryan in for the vacationing Tim Riley today. What news have you today, Tim Riley? Tim Ryan. Right, along with getting drunk and eating. The 4th of July weekend means increased police patrols out there on the roads and highways. The oil bastards keep slapping us around. It's hit another high again. Bad Company is going to reunite, and Snowball the Deer has a new home. Well, okay. And we're joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon. Hello, how are you? Hello, I'm well. Look. Look at that picture. Uh, I can kind of see it. I can sort of see it. I've always figured that I looked more like Richard Belzer than anybody I else. I thought I saw Richard Belzer when I was in New York, right? My sister and I were in a cab, and he was walking down the street. Did he look old? Did he look like a walking corpse? He looked like he, like, was a cigarette. Like, yeah. he, he looked like he had smoked. <laughs> he was a cigarette. <laughs> he was gray and long and, like, just <laughs> looked like a little sick man. You know, the weird thing about Richard Belzer is he never looked normal. Uh, some of those guys, you know, it's like some of those guys were born old. I always say that Steve Martin was born looking like... I mean, Steve Martin had gray hair when he was, like, 30. I mean, he just never looked young. Richard Belzer has never looked... I mean, the thing about it is, though, would you agree with me that Richard Belzer is... A strangely attractive man in some ways, and maybe that's just me. Maybe that's a guy thing because guys love him. I mean, I don't know. I've never really, I've never really seen him in anything. He's hideous, but he's kind of compelling looking in a strange sort of way. He's like a male Sandra Bernhardt almost. I think again, maybe it's a guy thing because guys really love Richard Belzer uh, because his characters are always just so crusty and angry and, and whatever. But I is he in movies or is he just on? Is he on like NYPD Blue? He's or? been in movies, but he was in. He he really made his bones, as they say. Uh, in Homicide, and then he was on, he did a crossover with the X-Files, and now he's on Law and Order, blah, 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 blah. He's one of the Law, one of the law and Order things. Okay. Uh, so he actually holds the record 
for playing the same character in the greatest number of TV shows. I think he has actually played Detective Richard Munch in six different TV series. Uh, because everybody just loves him. That's the thing. Because it, 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 people love him. Act, uh, other actors love him. Mm-hmm. He's kind of a weird cult figure. And so he has played Detective Munch in six different shows now. What's his first name? The character Richard Belzer? No, yeah. Richard yeah. Munch. Richard Munch. I, dude, I'm just telling you. That's the name of the character. Detective Richard Munch. That's <laughs> So there you go. Which I'd never really put together in my head until just now. Thank you, Timmy Ryan. You're very welcome. Oh, Timmy Ryan. Uh, so right. I had an interesting day yesterday. Did you? I rode out to uh, Estacada and went to the Safari Club, that place that's full of all the taxidermied animals. Oh, I thought you meant the strip club. Yeah, that sounds like a strip club. The strip no, club that no. used to be by my house. There is, Yeah, there is a safari here, but that's what all Oh, I know that place. I've never been there, but I know it because... You know, the girl that, that I used to, uh, we used to have a, a friend of ours who was uh, terrified of taxidermy, taxidermy, mm-hmm. ter- 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 and she said that she'd never been there, but she had nightmares about what it might look like. Oh, man. It was the coolest, weirdest looking thing. You walk in, and it's two of the, and you walk in, and right in the window, in this huge glass case, bigger than I could ever imagine, were two giant polar bears. They're two of the largest polar bears ever. That's pretty sweet. And they're they're just enormous they're like 15 feet tall they're lying they have them all posed too they're um all sorts of leopards and tigers and they're all in these huge glass cases like um fighting each other and stuff is it a restaurant it's like a, a bar like a like a club sort of it's so seedy and dirty and awesome and like the animals are dusty and they've been there Excellent. for years that is righteous they're huge and they're like giant leopards like it's my mind couldn't even uh, like comprehend how big these animals were. That's really cool. I gotta go there. It's an Estacada. An Estacada, yeah. Why did you go there? I mean, whose idea was that? Um, I. Uh, uh, an acquaintance of yours? Yes, I went. I, yeah. Um, and so, but I mean, was it? Had you been? Had you heard about that? Seems no, no. I went on a date with the person. Okay, I and, and I, you know what? I walked right into that, no, and no. I forgot. I forgot that's what that was last night. Actually, oh, it's okay. No, no, no. Yeah. So yeah, I went out with a person, and so yeah, he has a motorcycle, and so we rode out there. And that was actually really. You went fun. on a date with somebody to a petting zoo? It's not a petting zoo. It's well, it's sort of a dead petting zoo. Well, you couldn't really pet it. Like, oh, oh. The... I mean, I think it was no. It's, it's sort of a it's a it's a petting statuary. That's, sort of. that's not exactly romantic, man. Really? Did you so you rode a motorcycle? Actually, yeah. Please tell me there's a photo of you riding the motorcycle. There Please was, tell me somebody took a picture. <laughs> there really isn't. Oh. Uh, it's a really pretty motorcycle. Was it though. terrifying? It. Have you ridden a motorcycle in the past? Um, no, no. This, this is scare the hell fun. out of me. Yeah, it was so fun, and we actually went on. Um, 405, or not 405, what's the oh. 205? Oh. That was the scariest Jesus. part, going 75 miles an hour down the road. Like, call call me a pussy, that call me is, whatever you this want. This is all that I have. Oh, that's it, and if you fall, on. you're dead. Mm-hmm. Dead? You're one dead girl. I know. Calling Kristen Bowie. No, I mean, seriously, I mean, you know, people people could call, call me a sissy, call me whatever you want. There's no thank you. Thank you, no. I used to have to do that when I was growing up. My dad would decide that that was how we were going to get somewhere. I'm going to the hardware store. You're coming with me, and we're riding my motorcycle. <laughs> and I would just, and I'm, it's again the same thing. You have no. Here's the toughest thing about and about riding or riding on a motorcycle with someone. The worst part is you have to do that completely counterintuitive thing of leaning with them on the turn. And of course, you don't want to do that, right? When they're going around the turn, and my dad's like, "You got to lean with me," and I'm like, but, "But you don't want to do that because you feel like you need to sort of lean the oh, other I way to counterbalance it. it." Oh God! Oh no, me. I really liked it. it. Really, yeah, it was fun. We went that uh, you would have hated this road though, because between Portland oh. and Nesca, oh. it's just this long, winding you road. So much braver than I am! <laughs> wow. And it doesn't help, by the way, that I had an older brother who racked himself up twice in really bad motorcycle accidents. Here's the worst part. Who wants to know a horrifying detail about this? Well, here it is. So my brother, at one point, while I suspect about half in the bag, 
was going around a corner on his Harley. He hits the gravel, bam, and to his credit, he was wearing a helmet, but he wasn't really wearing a whole lot else. So he gets ejected just like a piece of toast right off the side of the, the motorcycle, hits the gravel, skids for however long, amazingly didn't hurt himself, all like no broken bones, no whatever. The worst part is, I swear to God, picking gravel out of his skin for the next year. Every set, he'd be sitting there at dinner with him every now and again, why, what's this? And it would just be like a rock that would just fall out of the side that of his arm. That is the grossest thing That's what I'm I saying, because it was heard. so embedded into his skin. Oh, So wow. like after a year, he would still have, here's the worst phrase, by the way. After a year, there would be pieces of gravel, quote, working their way out. That is the worst. That's what I'm that saying. That is the worst thing so I've ever cover heard. Up. No, no, it isn't even like that. It's just like things coming out of people's bodies that shouldn't is oh, so gross to me. Jesus. Well, anyway. So the anyway, Safari it was, Club. It was really fun. So I drove out to Estacada, um, and then, yeah, back through Damascus. And I don't even know where any of these places were. I'm like, Estacada? Yeah, well, Estacada is a thing that really only exists to the rest of us as, as, as like a punchline. Totally. It's really only there for Portlanders to make fun of. Uh, it, was, it was fun and scary, but I really do like riding on motorcycles. So. Well, see, no, again, it, you know, I, I know a lot, it is, not to sound corny about it, it is kind of quintessentially American in some ways. You know, it's powerful, the open air, you know, it's the individual and whatever. And It's just it's just not for me. I'm just too big of a pussy. I just, uh, you know, I, it's just I can't do that. So, does it, here's the thing about the Safari Club. I almost don't want to go there now because here's the thing that because I've seen it depicted so many times in movies and TV shows, I long to go there, but I don't know if it really exists. And that is the sort of, like the um, the club where like the old the old boy network hangs out, and in my and in my mind like it's a bunch of chairs in front of a fire and then just like leather bound books all around and then they all have brandy sniffers mm. and it's where they just sit and they talk about this you know whatever. This could not be further from that. All right, well <laughs> never mind just, then. Was, they're just like you know truck drivers and like really like drunk you know like real American like hard workers you know like sitting in the corners and stuff. Meanwhile, like sitting in this bar with like wood paneling everywhere. And meanwhile, in the background, you see these giant animals, like, kind of lurking, you know, in these that black so cases weird. that are just kind of opposed. And um, the dude I was with is friends with the owner, and so there's, there's this huge other back room that they cut You up. got to go see. Yeah, they got to go see, like, all the different things. That's Excellent. Cool. Good for you. You know, the only thing close to that is if you go to, um, there's a pizza place. I think it's Stark Street. And there's a huge stuffed grizzly bear inside there, and I think that's about it. And the same thing, you don't really see it when you walk in. You walk in, you go, ha! And then there's a huge, and it's like 50 feet high or whatever. It's just massive. Those polar bears are crazy. And I couldn't believe, I'm looking, I'm like, that's Did you have a lost moment? Did you want to, really, was it like a little bit of a lost thing when you saw the polar bear? It was bizarre. And these animals, I'm like, there were multiple lions and tigers and bears. And all kinds of, you know, different animals. All right, there you go. All right, it's uh, 503-733-2970. I don't even know what the hell else I was going to talk about here, but it doesn't really matter. Um, Blah, blah, blah. None, blah, blah, blah. Oh, except to say this. Um, so I went to, this is really just the very definition of a random infuriating fact. So I went to the store um, to, uh, to pick uh, Lara up some stuff. And she want, she's like really into, uh, she's really into cherries. So she's like, well, you're there, pick me up a bag of cherries from the produce plate. How much would you guess? And I'm saying it's about like this. Maybe like the size, like a, maybe like a big Ziploc bag. How much would you imagine, and this is, I won't identify where, but this is at a, a major a major chain store where Red you can Meyer. buy it. See, why do you have to do that? I didn't say where it was for obvious reasons, because you never, one never knows who is, uh, you know, who we wish to alienate and who we don't. No, it was not Fred Meyer. I'm a fan of Fred Meyer. Okay. Timmy, just stop. When I say that I'm not going to identify the chain, that is then not your cue to try to identify the chain. No, it wasn't Fred Meyer, but it was. But I would say that you did that same type of store. Let's put it that way. 
How much would you imagine a bag of cherries costs? Ten bucks. Eight dollars and twenty cents. Eight dollars. Hmm. I mean, I know that I sound like everybody's grandparent there, but I mean, for the love of sweet Christ, what could they possibly be doing to those cherries in the formative process that they would cost eight dollars and twenty cents? It just makes no sense at all. It was flabbergasting. But then at that point, like, I got to the cash register, and the guy's like, okay, that'll be a bag of cherries and one lemon. That'll be $12. And I was, like, and, I, and, and, like, and here's the thing, at that point, I had to pay it, even though it was, like, way too much. Because on the one hand, like, it was so perversely expensive, I almost wanted to buy it so I could complain about it later. So I could be sitting at home going, these cherries cost $8. That's crazy. And also because you don't want to be that guy in the checkout line who is, like, t t deciding then when they ring it up that he's going to put something back, because then you look poor. Then you're like that person going, well, I, okay, well, I guess I'll only take two boxes of the Kraft macaroni, and um, I guess I'll take the potatoes, um, but not the frozen peas, and maybe I'll just get one can of the Stag's chili, not not two. And then you, you, know, you should look like some bust-out Have you ever been in a food line at a, at a checkout, you know, in checkout, and there's somebody in front of you with an Oregon Trail card, and then the clerk is having to explain to them, no, you cannot buy beer, you can't buy energy drinks, these things are not acceptable to buy. And then, you know, they, they got them going back and forth with the clerk. I get that, and here's what I also get uh, at a, uh, a prominent local uh, supermarket chain. I get this where I'm stuck behind the person who keeps giving them the same phone number for their, like, club card or and whatever. it doesn't seem to be working. And it keeps, it keeps not working, and rather than just... Like signing a new one or, you know, swallowing the $3 that you have to pay. They keep insisting that the clerk put it back in over. I was behind a woman the other day who, I swear to God, it was like five different. No, no, no. Try that again. It's 503-232-1 blah, blah, blah. And the woman's like, I'm. And the, the checker is just. And you know that they must deal with just jackasses all day long. And the checker's, I'm sorry. It just doesn't. You know, I can give you a new card. I can give you a temporary number right now, and you, you can just deal with it. No, no, no. Put it, put it back. It, it really it really ought to work. 503-232-1 blah, 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 blah. It's over and over again. So um, if you're on hold, hang tight. We'll do phone calls around the corner. Lisa Desjardins, Steve Kastenbaum, Timmy Ryan with the new news hour, the top five and more. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. <laughs> I know we ask for these kind of stories, but certain headlines you just don't want to read. What does it say? Do you really want to know? Well, this won't affect you as much as it will affect Timmy Ryan and myself. I think you know what that means. This actually, this headline is unfolding horror in two segments. First is the actual headline: foul ball fractures testicle. Right after that, with video. Oh. All right. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. By the way, we'll talk to Steve Castavam in like 10 seconds here. Uh, yesterday we were talking about your stolen slash last uh, lost debit card. Yep, the, oh, they called me yesterday and he's like, okay, so here's what happened. You know that guy that you were that was sitting at your table, Patrick? I'm like, I don't know a Patrick. I'm like, I know everyone that was saying to He's like, you know, your friend, like he was trying to convince me. Like, <laughs> he's like, you know, your friend Patrick that was saying to I'm like, I don't know anybody named Patrick. I'm like, so you're saying some dude named Patrick has my card? He's like, yeah, well, we'll get it all squared away, and then he never called me back. What does that mean, they'll get it all squared away? Who's Patrick? I have no idea. Patrick, I guess, who has my card, because I guess some dude named Patrick left his uh, card at the bar, and he never collected it. He's like, so what I think happened is that I gave your card to, you know, I haven't even checked my bank account. Jesus. Crap, I need to do Yeah, that. I'd have them looking into that. Uh, this, this guy says, uh, Rick, the major quick service food chain I work for is so anal about maintaining their drive through times, they tell you not to check for IDs with credit cards ever. 
It's company policy because they're money-humping bastards. He says, but sometimes I do it anyway because I'm an ass and because I want the chance to refuse service to a customer when it's obvious they're using somebody else's card. Yeah. All right. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from the city that never sleeps, CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. Hello, sir. How are you today? Doing good. Sorry, you got to check the, the account. I know. I, well, I canceled it yesterday morning because it happened uh, oh, okay. the night before last. But It is always gratifying, even though it's a little bit of an inconvenience, when your bank calls you or alerts you to possible suspicious activity on your account, which I've had happen to me a couple times. Right. And on the one hand, like you like to know that somebody's minding the candy store. But on the other hand, both times that they have called me about, quote, suspicious activity in my credit card account, it's because I bought something suddenly upscale as opposed to the rest of my rube-like existence. <laughs> Uh, you know, because normally everything I put on my credit card is just like, it's just like cheese whiz and, you know, it's just, it's just cheese whiz and pixie sticks. I mean, at my house, I mean, that's really my, you know, my wife and I just look like college students, but then I had to go to a wedding at one point, And so I bought a suit, uh, and it wasn't even that expensive, a few hundred bucks, uh, you know, and I just, it's like some, you know, like a men's warehouse thing or whatever. And they immediately called me like, we have stopped all activity in your account. There's been suspicious activity. And I called them and I said, what is this, this suspicious activity to which you are alluding? And they said, well, somebody did buy a nice piece of clothing. And, I mean, it's like the bar is set so low that the fact that I spent 300 bucks on a suit somehow flagged it. like somebody with middling taste stole my card from me. It's like they're reminding you that you really don't have money to spend on frivolous things. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. It's a, I don't know, uh, Rick. Seems like somebody's getting above their raising. All right. So, yeah. hey, here's a question. What does uh, world champion hot dog eater Joey Chestnut do when he's not eating hot dogs? He can't make a full-time like life out of this, can he? He's like a mechanic, or he works in like an auto repair type place. I'm not sure if he's an actual mechanic. It seems like he would be. A guy named Joey seems like he ought to be, you know, grease under the nails, sweat on the brow kind of a guy. Joey Jaws Chestnut, the great American hero. Did he give himself that nickname? No, the guys over at Major League Eating did. Major League Eating. Is that like ESPN 12? <laughs> what is Major League Eating? It is the uh, the league that uh, is part of the International Federation of Competitive Eating, otherwise known as the IOFCE. You know, this is, and I, and I say this with all love for this country, because I really am a, a proud American in every sincere sense, but this in many ways is why everybody else hates us. The fact that you're doing competitive eating, uh, I mean, you might as well have a concept that's called, you know, competitive wearing clothing once and then throwing it away. Um, do these, here's a question. Somebody asked me this yesterday, and I didn't know the answer. I know that when you're doing the hot dog eating thing, you, you can't vomit, right? Like, you've got to keep it down. Yeah. But the question is, is that you just gotta? Do you just have to keep it down during the contest? Like, do these guys, as soon as the the whistle is blown, do they get out of range and then just hurl somewhere into a bucket? It, it does happen. I don't know what the time limit is. There is a certain amount of time after the uh, time limit is up, after the competition is over, that they still have to keep it down. But after that time goes by, yeah, they they can hurl. Yes. So, at, at what time tomorrow, uh, Eastern time, will this be taking place? This happens at high noon. Joey Chestnut uh, is here in New York uh, with the folks from IFOS, I-F-O-C-E. <laughs> I love that organization. Uh, he's here. He's uh, ready to go. I spoke to him yesterday. He's ready for this shorter competition this year. I told you about the, the controversy, right? Mm -hmm. uh, well, because, they've, because it's from 12 to 10 minutes. What was the logic behind shortening it? Well, they found uh, an old document from 1918 that had the rules from the 1918 contest on it, and it said 10 minutes. So, you know, 
there's a lot of controversy around this. What's it going to do to the competition? And I was talking to Joey Chestnut about it. I fast for several days. Oh, wait, that's, that's about his training regimen. I'll get to that in a second. But here's what he had to say about the shorter competition and whether that means Kobayashi will have an advantage. It's going to be a harder contest. He, he, can, uh, he can push through 10 minutes as fast as me, I think. And, uh, and I'm, I'm not going to let that affect me. I'm going to try and do what I did in 12 minutes and do it in 10 minutes. This is a serious thing for these guys. He's so intense. Listen. I fast for several days at a time, and I go into a contest or a practice contest completely empty. I can get on scale and see that I'm four or five pounds light, and that I can suck in my stomach and say, there's nothing in there. And mentally, I know there's nothing in me, and I can, I can push myself really hard. You know, seriously, I say this every year when we talk about this. You, Steve, here's another idea. Uh, this is not a sidebar story, really. This is like your leap from CNN to, uh, you know, to, to the next, to the next great phase of your career. Mm-hmm. You need to be writing a treatment for this right now and and pitching it as a Will Ferrell comedy. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I mean, that's it. I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't. It seems. In fact, I am astounded that there has not already been a Will Ferrell comedy about competitive eating. I mean, Christ, they've had they've had these sort of quasi-serious sports things about uh, about ping pong, about the beer drinking thing, that beer camp, beer team, whatever that movie was, right. uh, Blades of Glory, Balls of Fire, whatever it is that, you know, all of that stuff. It seems like competitive, e- yeah, dodgeball. It seems like competitive eating, uh, that is the last great sport for Will Ferrell to ridicule. Yeah, I like it. Get on that now. Have you, Steve Kastenbaum, just as, as you sort of cover this in a journalistic sense, have you ever taken the gonzo step of putting yourself into the story by engaging in competitive eating yourself? Funny you should say that. Yesterday I asked him to show me his technique, and I tried it, and, and, and it's just absolutely chokingly disgusting. Is, and, I mean, did you try it with the – because don't they dip the bun in water or something yeah, horrible? That, that is the most gross oh. thing ever. Have oh. you ever eaten, eaten a, a slice of, of, like, white Wonder Bread that had accidentally gotten a little wet, gotten a little water on it? Can I just tell you this, at the risk of just sounding even more neurotic than I do on a regular basis, I have such a phobia about soggy bread that, largely stemming from, well, I really do sound crazy, stemming from my childhood, uh, I, would, I, I got dumped with my grandmother a lot when I was a kid, and... She was a horrible woman in many ways, not least of which because they, my grandparents, my paternal grandparents, they were the very epitome of the 1950s post-war baby boom household. And, you know, the, the better better out of a, you know, the, the science brings you better, better brand new food, you know, so they, it was like all tang and Wonder Bread. And they would dump me with my grandmother and she would make me these sandwiches that were not just white bread, but actual literal Wonder Bread slathered in just every disgusting condiment like like the worst bottom of the shelf mayonnaise and just seemingly tablespoonfuls of mayonnaise onto white bread just the thought of it now makes me hurl and so to this day i am 35 years of age and to this day if i have the choice or the option i will not eat a sandwich uh in which the bread is not toasted I if 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 there is any possible way that I can have control over that in a restaurant at my house whatever I toast bread before making a sandwich out of it I cannot stand soggy bread to this day it's, it's, I'm just so traumatized by it so but that but, and so that these guys are dipping the hot dog bun in water right yeah yeah oh. so it slides down and they don't even have to oh. yeah oh. yeah I don't have a severe reaction to it but uh, I can relate to you you know uh, when you're a kid. You get the tuna fish sandwiches on one. Oh, of yeah. Your mom makes it for lunch. By the time lunch comes, there's, there's, I don't even, it's oh. not resembling bread anymore. Oh. You know? So, yeah. I mean, I'll actually occasionally, if you get a, if you get a sandwich, you take half of it home from the restaurant or whatever, and then the next day, 
you know, sometimes you put that sandwich in the fridge, you're going to eat the next half, you know, the second half the next day. And as you said, it's soaked through. And so my first step is to sort of do some scraping and additional toasting in the toaster oven to see if I can restore it to a crispy state. And if I can't get it crisp again, then I just, you know what it is? I'm actually known to take that sandwich, like from Subway or whatever, take the bread, throw it out, and re-toast my own bread to put the sandwich middle in. So... You like your food the way you like it. I'm very particular about it. So I am I am the def, the definition of a finicky eater in many cases. Mm. Um, seems like I have something else to ask you, but no, I got nothing. Uh, wait. I got. I, I was going to say I've got something too. Well, yes. If if you can come up, I just found out since you're a fan of of the the movies of the '70s. I just read moments ago that they are in the process of remaking here in New York, the taking of Pelham One Two Three. Really. Yes, and they've bloodied up a, a subway car for some of the scenes, but they've already ruined it. It's not even, like, in post-production yet, and I read this. They've already cast uh, Denzel Washington and John Travolta in some of the lead roles. So that, the, the brilliance of that 1970s movie was that it captured the true grittiness of New York City and the characters that live here. Right. So now they've gone and they've put Denzel Washington, you know, the guy with the perfectly symmetrical face, and John Travolta in these lead roles. You know, Walter Matthau, in my opinion, his role, Lieutenant Garber, should be played by Paul Giamatti, you know? That's what you, like, no, you're exactly right. There are those movies that capture the sort of real, uh, you know, the, the, the feeling of watching real people, not movie stars. Yeah, so. and like maybe, maybe Steve Buscemi could be Martin uh, Balsam's Mr. Green. Yeah, uh, it is. Uh, it is as uh, as Ricky Roma says in Glengarry Glenros. It is not a world of men, Steve Kastenbaum. It's a world of <laughs> clock watchers and pencil pushers. So, well, that's unfortunate. Well, you know, but the, here's the thing. In a way, the casting of especially John Travolta, who just looks like a cube of ham with hair. Uh, in a way, that makes the whole thing easier because now, even before, as you said, even before it's done, I already have decided I don't need to think about it. I don't need to spend any of my time on it. So yeah, I'm with you. You know, first uh, the side adventure, and now this. Hey, they're remaking the Warriors too. Don't forget about that. Oh, I, don't even get me started that's, on that. That's what I'm saying. All right, sir. Uh, we will talk to you tomorrow. Um, should we? Uh, what is the deal? Do we need to call CNN? Do we talk to you directly? How do we want to handle oh, tomorrow? You, know, you guys should call CNN now and schedule some some stuff for tomorrow. So the contest starts. At noon, my okay. time, and it should be over by like 12.15. By like 12.20, they'll have the official count done, and I'll have some interviews done with uh, with the guys. So by the time you come on, uh, I should already uh, be ready to go with tape from the winner. Okay, excellent. Will do. Thank you, my friend. Great. All right, we'll tomorrow. speak to you tomorrow. Steve Kastenbaum in New York City. All right, genius, wonderful, excellent, fantastic. Okay, so now what we have, like 90 seconds uh, between the... Uh, I was going to play the first... Well, let me... Mm. Gonna play the first part of the douchey phone call. Let me call? see if I can do that. Hold on a second. Where did I? Uh, where did I put these? Let's see. Douche. I think I called. Do you ever forget what you called a soundbite? Yeah. And then he, why is my computer being so weird? Um. Uh, do you ever you forget what you called something, and then you have to go through, and you have to then you have to sort of think about your own brain and how it works, and think of well, what would I have titled this? That's what I do with like passwords too. It's Ex- like what totally what was going on in my mind? What would have been the process uh, when I came up with this? All right, um, what what is the actual time now on the Swatch Watch? Eleven forty nine twenty seven. Do I have time to play something? It's ninety seconds long. Yes. Okay, so we're gonna play the first half of this, and then we'll play the second half of it. Uh, maybe after uh, Lisa or later on. Uh, so this is what we have called, this is the douchiest phone message ever left. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I give you the first half of it. Yeah, hi there, Olga. It's Dimitri. Sorry I had to leave such a rushed message with you. Uh, 
when we uh, met the other day. I just want to quickly give you your, uh, my phone number, and I had to get the heck out of the area. In any event, I figure I'd better leave you a more detailed message um, and explain why I approached you. I am single. I have no trouble meeting women. I mean, women approach me six, seven times a day. But I'm very particular about what I like. You're extremely elegant. I couldn't take my eyes off of you, and your friends were very jealous. Even if they say they weren't, they were envious of the fact that uh, I approached you, and I was very taken by you. Elegant women are very rare. I'm Greek, and I'm very particular about what I like. So I'm giving you an opportunity here. I don't know if you pick up the messages on the weekend, but I'm, I'm working on a movie script, so I'm pretty much around all weekend doing that. I left you my number, 416 This looks like a landline, and if it is, you may not get the message till Monday. But when you do, call me, and then we'll get together for coffee and chat and uh, let the romance begin. You look very taken aback by my approach, and I hope that isn't timidness. I hope it was just a little bit of uh, shock at being approached so um, uh, directly. Uh, because I don't really date timid women, because I'm a very direct, very passionate, very assertive man, and I want a woman who's very independent and uh, strong. So uh, anyway, we'll talk about that, but I just wanted to formally introduce myself. Now I have. I leave the ball in your court. You call me as soon as you uh, have the courage to. Okay, Olga? Talk to you soon. Jesus God. Here's And here's the thing, and maybe I'm just speaking for myself here, it, but in terms of romance or sexuality or male-female relations, I, d I abhor the word passionate. I mean, I, I don't know what it is. It's a, the word is just great on me I like that you are very reason. elegant. Yeah, I like elegant. you. I'll be working on a movie script. Richie should find out who he is and book him for the show. Uh, you know, I was actually thinking, I was also thinking this, that we would do some sort of field, some sort of field work or case study where we actually have one of you guys meet a woman at a party and then just call and leave her exactly this message and see what the result is. In other words, you know what I mean? Do sort of like a control group where we test this message on somebody else word for word. Be thinking on that. Ladies and gentlemen, from the hills! CNN Radio correspondent to the stars, the elegant Lisa Desjardins. Hello, how are you? Oh, so very elegant. Yes. All right. Uh, how could you use that message, how are Lisa? Things? Did you hear that? Yeah, did you hear the message we were playing there? I, no, I just heard the very end of it. I was talking to Richie for a second. Yeah. So I, I didn't catch the. I think the the worst part. It's it's awful. I'll uh yeah I'll send you a I'll send you a copy if you okay. want to hear it. It's it's actually Perfect. a message in two parts left on some poor woman's answering machine by this guy who sort of as I said he sort of fancies himself an acolyte of that Tom Cruise character from Magnolia. <laughs> so uh, how did you? And how, I know you've already explained this. So I'm sorry. How did you guys get it? It's sort of making its way around the internet. Uh, so, um, I said that I have deep suspicions. It's making its way around the net, I suspect, actually released by the guy himself, who, uh, who you know, who somehow desperately wants us all to be aware of his playerdom. So, in any event. Um, Hello. I, I have a question for you. Okay. So, there is this sort of, um, there is this sort of thing that they say in the filmmaking industry, and it's, it's said so, for, I think at one point it was meant sincerely, but now it's usually said as a sort of an ironic statement, uh, and that is the phrase, we'll, we'll fix it in post. 
And what that means, you know, for people who don't know, you're working on something and something is clearly going awry. A scene didn't go the way you want. Uh, you know, something is supposed to be taking place in a post-apocalyptic wasteland. You see a Ben and Jerry truck drive by in the background. Some glitch happens. And everybody will sort of look at each other and they'll shrug and they'll go, uh, you know, we'll, we'll fix it in post. And basically what that means is, I don't know what we're going to do. I think we might be screwed, but let's not worry about it right now. <laughs> right. And so then you get into the editing room and everybody just sort of sits there and they say, all right, what are we going to do? How are we going to take care of this? When I read things like this where it says, Senator John McCain's campaign announced a shakeup at the top Wednesday in the wake of growing Republican concern about its ability to compete against Senator Barack Obama. This feels to me like one of those situations or when a, when a film changes directors halfway through uh, or when the director starts taking his name off the movie and replacing it with Alan Smithy. It seems like there is... It seems like there is not the cohesion uh, that there needs to be at this stage in the game to to in turn generate momentum going into the fall. It seems like many, many, many ducks are unrowed at this point. You know, I think maybe the best way to look at John McCain and perhaps Barack Obama as well, uh, and and I, I feel like this is the right show to share this on, is as uh, characters in Dungeons and Dragons. And I feel like John McCain does not have the usual skill set of a Dungeons & Dragons character where you're usually going for great weapons and, I don't know, big strength and uh, ESP. I don't know. I, I, uh, my mom was scared of Dungeons & Dragons, so I... I uh, of course, because it leads, you to, it leads you to Satan. That's, it's, it's true, but, yeah. you know, the funny thing is, even if you don't play Dungeons & Dragons, you have Satan also available. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Turns out. So, back to this, uh, perhaps... Uh, a terrible choice of a metaphor. Uh, I think the deal with John McCain is that you're, I think for most politicians, you would be dead on. I think that a shift at this point in the campaign does not sound good, does not feel good. But remember, John McCain, actually, the last time he made a big change in campaign staff, it worked wonders for him. He was bankrupt. He, he was, you know, he was a, kind of at the bottom of the political barrel. He, he had a wholesale firing of many of his staffers, and then uh, most of his press staff resigned a few a few days later. And this was uh, exactly a year ago, I believe, on uh, what day is today? On Tuesday. So now a year later, here we have another change in his campaign, and he is someone who has done really well with these changes, by and large because he's had to make them. And I think it's too soon to say, but in, the funny thing to me about this is uh, the big talking point from the McCain camp on this is it's not a shakeup. It's a ramp up, <laughs> which, uh -huh. which is I've got, it's one of my favorite talking points yet of the campaign. And indeed, they haven't changed titles for anyone. No one has technically been demoted. But the, the truth of the matter is the man who was managing the campaign every day, Rick Davis, isn't doing that anymore. Well, that happened with the Clinton campaign, the primary campaign. I forget the guy. I don't remember his name now. I've flushed it away. Uh, Mark the, Penn. Yeah, who, but who never was actually fired or quit. He just <laughs> sort of like, or like he resigned, but then he was still there every day. He was actually demoted. I think he his his title did change, but he was still an advisor to the campaign, an active advisor at that point. But oh. you're right, it's, it really is a similar kind of situation. I think what's going on with McCain is I, I think Republicans uh, who are questioning his campaign are, are right. It doesn't feel like he is kind of in the major leagues quite yet. He's had some good events on the road, that's for sure. But the problem is he's going up, Barack, up against Barack Obama, who has a very clear message. And they've done well on the attack, counterattack, both sides jabbing. I feel like it's a draw as far as, uh, you know, punches thrown or punches received. 
uh, from the various camps, if not the candidates themselves. But I think what McCain hasn't done is given you sort of, uh, you know, what exactly is it that he stands for? What exactly is his message? It's not, it's not exactly clear yet, and I think part of that is because he had to court the conservatives, so he had to talk conservative on some issues, but he's not conservative on other issues. And I think they just haven't boiled it down to a very clear message yet uh, that can captivate people. And uh, they went to Colombia and Mexico during the 4th of July week. Which... Seriously, what is that about? <laughs> I know. I, you know, I think lucky and and he had the best luck in the world, if it was luck, uh, that there actually was a huge international story out of Colombia. This is the, the hostage thing. With the hostage story, yeah. right, which I think we'll talk about later. But um, it still is a strange choice. I could see the McCain advisor saying, all right, where are you weak? Where are you weak? Okay, immigration and maybe free trade. The country not so psyched about free trade right now because of the economy and oh, jobs moving overseas. McCain's a big free trader. So perhaps a trip to South America will help, you know, with your credentials on free trade and also will help maybe talk about immigration. It, it doesn't make a huge amount of sense, but I could see them saying, if you're going to make the trip, you got to do it at this point in the campaign and not later. But the truth is maybe they shouldn't have made it at all. It feels like a trip that maybe a new president trying to reach across to uh, fellow presidents in South America would make, but, but he's not there yet. Clear. All right, I got three brief observations. Great. Um, as you know, I long to be some sort of Malcolm McLaren-esque figure, uh, <laughs> you know, just lending a hired gun, lending out my uh, misanthropic yeah. skills to the highest bidder. Okay, just something you just said here. Remember how MoveOn.org? I think it was them. They did that. They did that kind of a cheap shot thing where they were like, "Is it General Petraeus or General Betray us?" Yeah. That was them, right? Okay, here's a thing I could just sell to them. Uh, I'm just saying this is a thing, this is a thing, a term you could sell to moveon.org. Uh, maybe I should just call them directly and offer them to this. You Can say, we patch them in? <laughs> exactly, and just and say, look, I've got, just have it sealed in an envelope. Go, look, i got your next great cheap shot term. Uh, how much are you willing to bid for it? Moveon.org could say this. They could say, they, uh, they could say, is John McCain a free trader or a free traitor? There you go, right there. Bam! Right there. Secondly, I want to be the guy whose job it is to sit in a room and come up with th phrases like, it's not a shake-up, it's a ramp-up. Yes, How do I get that gig of just, you know, that's like, as I always say, that's like um, Ian Faith from Spinal Tap. You know, well, the band's appeal is becoming more selective as they're playing like a 20-seat venue. Right. Uh, lastly, this. Here's, you just hit on something really, really great a couple of minutes ago. You know what somebody ought to do? Uh, if only I had just a, a factory full of, uh, you know, low-paid workers and idea men, I would say this. Somebody really ought to be busting out a role-playing game featuring politicians. That's really true. Where you do like that, you could do everything. The charisma, skill level, hit points, all of that. Attractiveness. Exactly. Yeah, totally. Uh, you know, the, you know the, the, the military record, domestic record, yeah. whatever. And then, of course... I, and then there would be uh, there would be spouse cards as well that either help or hurt. This is, this is a great idea. Somebody really ought to be doing that. It's sort of a merging of, of Dungeons and Dragons and fantasy football. Yeah, you know the one thing is somehow not that I'm in favor of violence, but you'd have to have some way <laughs> that these candidates actually uh, do something violent. Well, because, no, no, but you see, you're not in favor of violence, but it would be attack ads. That would be your campaign. Oh yeah. Your campaign would be the attack That's ad. Like and then you roll, you know, and, and then it, I wish I had my 20-sided die in here with me so I have the sound effect. But then you would roll the die to be like, do you A, ignore the attack, you know, B, you know, or B, respond in kind, C, 
you know, buy a block of airtime and label it a vicious smear and call for no more, call for an end to negative campaigning. Right, 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 right. I'm telling you, it's a good idea. You know, if C-SPAN gets decent ratings, which they do, <laughs> I mean, think C-SPAN has a very significant call-in audience. Why do we not have a game like that? I don't understand, but I'm telling you right now, so often I give my ideas away here to, to, to whoever. <laughs> I, if somebody does that one, uh, Rick Emerson wants a slice. All, all right? right? I'm going to wet my beak there if somebody does that. Um, I think that may be all I, all I have for uh, today. Oh, except to say this. Yes. And then this is a conversation that we'll probably have to continue at some later time, but... How do I put this? Uh, let me let me put it this way. Okay. For us here on the program, Cindy McCain kind of frightens us. I, you know, I, I, I felt like this was bubbling up. I feel like now now you are owning it. It, it, it was coming, and, I, and now now I, I see that uh, it is it is absolutely conscious and self aware. <laughs> I mean, she there's she looks as I said yesterday when Cindy McCain. I get the feeling that when she looks at you. You get the feeling that she is wondering how much she could sell your internal organs for on the no. black market. Oh, no. Really? She just, I'm not saying she's a bad person. I don't know. But I'm saying from my vantage point as an observer, she looks frightening. She really does. Now, so this is a step beyond. A lot of times I hear people talk about Cindy McCain, that she's sort of a scary step for type person, that you think she's just kind of, that people think she's kind of, yes, honey, okay, honey. Great. You want my hair ponytail today? You know, <laughs> kind of thing. I hear that, but this is something different than that. Well, let's go around the room. Cindy McCain, frightening. Sarah? Yes. Timmy Ryan, Cindy McCain, frightening. God, yes. All right. So, <laughs> and Tim Riley believes the same as well. So I'm just saying, I think that we may be, we may be a little bit ahead of the curve on this. We're on the bleeding edge, as they there, say. There may be something there, because you are not the first I've heard this from, and I have heard this from some Republicans as well. But, you know, if you... Have you have you ever gone to McCainBlogette.com? No, no, I have not. Okay, this is the blog by John McCain's daughter Megan, and there are there are a lot of now it's obviously campaign purpose, so it, it's meant to look very um, kind of off the cuff, Generation Y, mm -hmm. and and some of it is, but it's it's still campaign uh, material. But it's very behind, lots of behind the scenes, and I think look at Cindy McCain on that site. It's a, kind of a different take on Cindy McCain. It's, it's more what the campaign, I think, is going for, but uh, not able to achieve. All right. I will uh, I will look into that. Yeah, say. just a thought. All right. It's a wacky site. Are you on tomorrow? I am. You know, and I'm also, I believe, I'm. this may be a faux pas bringing this up now, but I believe I'm also um, on your show in another couple of hours. At four. What? Oh, did she schedule you twice? I thought that she was just going to have you talk about that during this. I don't, oh, I don't understand what we're about what? The Is it about the hostages? Yes. Okay. Oh, uh, you know, A, no, and B, no. I scheduled twice, and I'm, I'm happy to call back and talk about the hostages. No, I don't know why that. That's. I think that is a glitch. on. I think she misinterpreted something yeah. there. That's She's a, super. I really like Liz. Yeah. Uh, Liz is great, but I think that's a mistake. Yeah, I think okay. she mis she misunderstood Okay, I thought she was just going to tack it yeah, on. No, yeah. no worries. It ends here. We'll just, yeah. You no, know, and, uh, you know, I think we'll end things on a remotely, on a, you know, not that it's not a positive story. We'll, we'll, we'll cut it now. So, uh, if, but if you are if you are on tomorrow, though, we will undoubtedly uh, speak with you then. No, I'm gone actually for the next week. I'm going to the very top of Maine with Jason Desjardins. Why? Uh, it's it's the town Presque Isle, Maine, where he grew up. He had his childhood. Nine thousand people. Yeah, his... that'll be a fun week. Yeah. I am intrigued to see how it goes. Is that just a lot of sitting around in a sweater and? I mean, I, I don't know, just looking at looking at leaves or something. What do you do in a town of 9,000 people for a week? Sure, and he tells me that it's a three-hour drive to a town with more than 30,000 people. 
Yeah, that sounds like fun in a cup. <laughs> I think that's it's some kind of fun. Cool. Uh, I suppose. Is it? Well, all right. I, I just, yeah, I don't know. I've never been to Maine. All I know, all I know about Maine is like from bad Christmas movies on Lifetime. That's it. So. <laughs> I think this is a different part of Maine. All right. Well, enjoy your trip. Travel safe. And uh, we will have speaks with you when you return then. Okay. Have a have great 4th of July. You as well. And uh, best to Jason. Talk to you okay, soon, Lisa. Great. There you go. Lisa Desjardins, ladies and gentlemen. All right. She's well, so we cute do. and wholesome. She really is. Hello, t- Wow. What's he doing? Is he drinking? No. He, uh, just looked over and... Wow. Just looked over and... Timmy Ryan was vigorously scratching himself in a delicate area. Oh, I was not scratching God. that Sort area. of leaning no. back in the chair. I was scratching my leg. Vigorously scratching? No, my, my leg was the funny thing. Uh-huh. All right. Whatever. Oh, we have to say hi to Delane in her whole office and Wenatchee. They're all listening to us. Hey. How's it going? Wenatchee Banana. Indeed. Uh, Wow. We don't even have to rush for the news hour because Tim's not here. No, that is true. Well, we, we the thing is we can't break now, so we should. We have to should we play continue. the second half of? Let's play the second half of this, and we'll start the news hour. Okay. All right. Uh, all right. Uh, on KCMD Portland. Ding. Ding. Uh, so this is the second half of the douchiest voicemail ever. Hi there, old guy. It's Dimitri calling again, the guy from the street. I left you a message several days ago. You said you were interested. Now here's the way I work. I don't like leaving second messages, but I like you. You're a very elegant woman. You're very attractive. But, you know, I don't play that game. I know your friends tell you not to return calls. You're playing games like you see on stupid TV shows. So here's how it's going to work. It is now 4.30 on Wednesday. Now, I'll assume, assume. I'll assume that you've already left work because, you know, some people leave early. And I'll grant you that. But if I do not receive a phone call back from you by 3 o'clock Thursday afternoon, I'm no longer interested, and you can erase my number. I don't play games like that. I'm completely single. I'm very intelligent. I'm great in bed. I make great money. Believe it or not, I'm a complete catch. I've only been single four months. I had a long-distance relationship you know, when a year, it's very tough to maintain it like that, and it didn't work out. There's nothing wrong with me. Matter of fact, I'm one of the few men in the city that has nothing wrong with him. So I'm giving you that 3 o'clock deadline. If I don't hear from you, you lose my number. I'm erasing yours right now, so you won't be hearing back from me. So that's it. 3 o'clock tomorrow, or you can just completely forget it. Now, I understand if you've got other issues like maybe you're not playing games maybe you've had i don't know maybe you were abused in childhood maybe your mother has cancer you're going to chemo maybe you're just a person who's extremely frightened or has some has an anxiety disorder maybe you're on uh, some medication for that i don't know there could be another issue that i'm not aware of but nobody says call me hands a person a business card and then doesn't return calls it's extremely passive-aggressive. You should actually look that up, passive-aggressive personality disorder. And you let me know if, if you've got issues, psychological issues, if you're on any sort of medication for anxiety or depression, I'm not interested. Okay? But if you're psychologically normal and you haven't called me because there's been some horrible thing that's happened in your life which prevented you, that's fine. But otherwise... Don't call me. Okay? Bye. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. The second half of the douchiest message ever left.
Genius. Fantastic. At the Ministry of Truth, it's Timmy Ryan. Time for the Rick Emerson Show's new news hour, only on AM 970, The Talker. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. All right. All kinds of cool news stories for you today. I need the breaking news sounder, though. Uh, I don't think I... Um, let's see here. Hold on. Breaking news sounder. Yeah, take your time because my computer's slow. No, that's not it. Uh, wait. Uh, well, this will, this will have to do, uh, breaking news center will have to... News on the mark! All right, the pregnant guy, he gave birth. Really? Yeah, Thomas uh, Beatty, uh, he, he gave birth. So he's not pregnant anymore. Okay. Whatever he is. I'm just, that guy gives me the creeps, and I don't really, look, I... Whatever, you know, uh, transgender, transvestite, whatever. It didn't really matter. It's just, it's that guy specifically. You know what it is? Can I just say this? Here, because let me, I, I don't even remember now. It's a woman who has become a man. Right. Yes. But that's only upstairs, right? Downstairs, still a woman. It would I have to be. I don't know, because be. it said that she had a, he's, whatever, she had a C-section. So I don't know. Here's my opinion. I don't care if you have a sex change. If you're born a girl and then, you know, you became a man, you're a goddamn girl. Well, it doesn't really matter to me except that, you know what it is that freaks me out? It's the beard. The actual face, the facial beard mm-hmm. is, is uh, you know, not so much the penis, just the beard. You, you, it's, can, you it's, can put a dress on a pig, but it's still a pig. <laughs> <laughs> Who can argue with that? I mean, really, I guess technically that's true. Uh all right, you know what it is? The beard on that guy, woman, that's exactly the kind of beard that this guy who left the douchey phone message probably has. And that's you think of the husband. life that this kid's going to have now. I mean, this kid's going to be ridiculed to well, no end. Well, I'm with you. See, I'm with you on that. Your mommy's a daddy. I'm, I'm with you on that. That is, a, that is, in my opinion, protected by the First Amendment to the Constitution of the United States. In my opinion, that is irresponsible parenting. Uh, the Just like... Um, uh, Laura and I have some friends who live... So, uh, we have some friends that live in Utah. Uh, a lesbian couple in Utah who had a kid. And you know what? And I, and I mean this really sincerely. They're great people. They're exactly the kind of people that, in an ideal situation, should be parents. I mean, you know, they're, I mean, they're smart. They're motivated. They're responsible. They're whatever, having kids for all their reasons. But really, in Utah, that's just a bad scene waiting to happen, man. Because that kid's like three, four. And, you know, as soon as it's like kindergarten, and of course, Utah, obviously, is very, really, I mean, it's sort of a de facto theocracy. As soon as that kid's like six years old, it's going to be a lot of like, where's your daddy? Well, my daddy is named Janice, you know, or whatever. And it's just going to be a whole lot of awkward. But it's like even worse with this because, hey, your mom, dad is a freak and has a penis. Now, there's so. two things on this. If you have two of the same sex or whatever, you know, let's just say you're a kid and, you know, you're, you're, your mommies are lesbian. Which one do you call mom? I think it's uh, here. I know the answer to this actually. Hmm. Uh, if you, uh, I do believe if, now, this is all, by the way, based on the book Heather has two mommies. I do believe that there is mom and mother. I think that's what the girl in Heather has two mommies. Really? Does. Yes, and mom and two, mother. Really? I'm sure I that think. the city of Bend right now is not thrilled. Hold on, can we stop for a second? What is with the phone I don't constantly know. ringing? Hold on, I'm going to put this on. The... Okay, here's the thing. I put it on the line said it was picked up. I put it on hold and it dropped. So that's what that is. That line is somehow staying open even when there's no one there. So it is. Do you ever, like in the old days when you had a, a landline, you'd leave it off the hook and it would start going, eh, 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 eh. that's what that is. It's when it gets left off the hook and there's no one there. Okay. All right. So I'm okay. not really hanging up on someone. No, you're not. No, because I hit hold and it hung up. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Tell oh, me. yeah. So the second thing is, you know, the city of Ben probably is just not thrilled about this whatsoever, that they have no. the guy who gave birth to a, a baby. No. no. They're all about tourism and. Wholesome family values and scheme. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. 
And now, you know what? But you know, be kind of cool. You know, they put him in like in a museum. And you just pay five dollars to see the man who gave birth. You know what there ought to be now? They ought to really, uh, they ought to have a, sort of a modern traveling freak show you could go to. Whatever happened to freak shows? I mean, we had the Jim Rose Circus. People became show, but that's politically correct. See, but they all ended up on eighty seconds. <laughs> by the way, uh, the new news hour brought to you by Leif's Auto Collision Center, the finest in collision repair. Leif's.com. Here's Timmy Ryan. Can I sing that next time? Sure. Okay. Well, the 4th of July weekend, along with getting drunk and stuffing your face with meat, which is bad for you, there's also going to be a lot of cops on the road looking for you if you've been drinking, also speeders, and overtly aggressive drivers. So if you're driving around you see somebody who's loaded, call the cops. Get their license plate number and turn them in. Also, if you're driving and you see a cop that's pulled somebody over, you have to get over into another lane, otherwise it can cost you 355 bucks if they chase you down and ticket you. And also, how does that work? If the cops pulled over... You have to get over to another lane. What do you mean? Well, okay. Like on the shoulder? Right. No, exactly. So you're driving and you see a cop that has somebody pulled over, right? And you don't pull over to, like, another lane. How are you going to get caught? I don't understand. I don't even understand what What you're saying. What what are you talking about? Okay, so there's this law in Oregon that says if you see a cop uh, in a lane, on a shoulder or wherever, right. you have to get the furthest The distance. furthest that you possibly can. Or you really can't just whip down. around them. Yeah, okay. Correct. Well, that makes sense. Right. So, that being said, if you don't, how are you going to be caught? Oh, because co- here's all I know exactly how. Because cops always converge in packs. I mean, where where one cop is, three more cops will soon be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you know, I mean, look, the, the one time, I mean, like, I got pulled over once. Um, I don't remember where this was. It might have been here. I don't know. I got pulled over once, and it was just a routine thing. It's like I had a burned-out light or something. And then the guy, you know, the cop pulls me over, and he's parked behind me, and I'm sitting there, like, sweating bullets, and he comes walking up, you know, license or registration. And literally within the next 90 seconds, like, three other cop cars pulled up. I think because they just always err on the side of, like, what if he's, you know, got a machine gun. So the other cop, especially on this weekend, all that cop has to do if he sees you, like, rip by him is just to say, hey, there's a black tercel going, you know, going uh, going west on the to, Ross Island Bridge. Wouldn't you be able to fight that in court, though? Because they'd have to, you know, where's the proof that it was you unless you get your license? Well, the proof him. is that he's a cop and you're not. I mean, that's... if you take that to court, there could be another there could be another black tercel or whatever that's on the road. I suppose. It's so... probably easier just to obey the law in the first place, it would seem to me. Well, that's no fun. <laughs> uh, and so forth. Oh, by the way, did you ever see this? Did you ever where? You, this happened when uh, Laura and I were coming back from um, Death Cab for Cutie, and we're driving on the highway, and there's like a state trooper, not like a regular, like a state, like a highway patrolman behind you, and you see him there in those like those forest green cars, and he's driving behind you, and of course it's that whole you know thing about it. even if you're not guilty of anything, even if you're driving fine, you get really nervous, and then then your brain starts to just turn in on itself like an Escher painting because you're like, well, okay, I'm driving really safe, I'm sticking to the speed limit, and then you wonder. Wait a minute, because I do the thing, I use cruise control all the time anyway, just because otherwise I speed without realizing it. I'm kind of a lead foot. And so I like put it at, you know, whatever, 65 or whatever the speed limit is. And then you start to think, well, does that that look suspicious that I'm staying right at 65 miles an hour? Do you ever do this, and I know you have, where the cop is going, the cop himself is exceeding the speed limit? Not to get anywhere, just because he's speeding. And so you're like, well, uh, okay, does it look suspicious that I'm... I think they're trying to bait you. I always think that. See, and th- then you think, like, does it look suspicious that I'm letting the cop pass me? You know, like, should I be keeping speed with the flow of traffic? Uh, and then he finally gets out from behind me and goes on somewhere else, and we can just... And he started moving towards this one white van and just followed it for about a mile, and we just had this sense. You just sensed 
that he was waiting to nail that guy. And sure enough, out of the blue, lights go on. It's weird. You can just tell, uh, like a shark circling their prey. You can just tell when they're about to nail somebody. Uh, here's Timmy Ryan. All right, Waterfront Blues Festival is going to be happening, what is it, today all the way through Sunday. Wait, hold on. Let me uh, wait just one second here. Wait. Do you want me to read the sponsor copy? Wait, wait do you have the sponsor copy? Well, I can tell you who it's sponsored by. Uh, Yeah, do that while I try to find whatever the hell it is I'm supposed to be reading. Yes, the 2008 Waterfront Blues Festival brought to you by Safeway and presented by First Tech Credit Union. It's July 3rd through the 6th on the banks of the beautiful and clean Willamette River oh, at Tom McCall Waterfront Park. Fantastic. Bring your bathing suit. All right. Take a, take a dip while you're there. This email says, Rick, I send you many, many emails during the day, and you never credit them. I send them because I think your show is elegant. I know Sarah won't admit this, but she's jealous that I don't send her more emails and that I approach you with my wit. I have to say there's nothing wrong with me. In fact, I'm one of the only people out there with nothing wrong with me. Believe it or not, I'm quite the talk radio audience catch. And I don't play games. Now, I don't know if there's something going on with you. Maybe your mom has cancer, or perhaps you're struggling with anxiety, depression, medication, or psychological issues. And if you're psychologically normal and I don't have any major issues, you can finally credit my email. The ball is in your court. That's Toddy Corpse. <laughs> All right, here's that. Uh, and you credited Ryan. him. And I did. All right, so I continue on with the, the Blues Festival. It's going to cost you $10 plus two cans of food per day. Uh, today's lineup includes... And this is at 3.45 p.m. That's when it all kicks off. The Crossroads Youth Bluth. Bluth. Jesus. The Bluth Organization. <laughs> Come I'm, on. I'm a professional broadcaster. Crossroads Youth Blues Ensemble. Uh, Ty Curtis Band, which follows. Lap Steel Guitar Workshop. Tribute to Memphis Soul. And then uh, Mark Lumhouse is going to be... I guess the headliner tonight. So there you go. That is tonight. It's going to be a fun night. And if you're on NATO Parkway downtown, it's going to suck. Oh, yeah. that's No, that's seriously. This, as much as, I mean, I'm no one in, in any position to tell you this, but if you oh, have the yeah. option of bicycling, that's what you want to do. Yeah, because there's a, wait, does the festival start today? Yeah. What time? I don't know. It, it starts at 2. <laughs> oh, because I see if I can have for the Timbers game. Ah, that's going to suck. That's oh, really? Oh, that's going to be the worst thing ever. Well, oh, God, because we're going to have to, because Heather's coming well, up. Well, we're taking the bus down uh, to the max and then taking the max up to the Oh, see, thing. but uh, wouldn't it be easier just to drive? Mm. You just take 26, right? Because 26 will dump you off right by, uh, right by PG Park. Perhaps, but it's Thirsty Thursday. Oh, so... Why don't you, you just ride your bike? You could... I mean, that's the other thing. Oh, is you I'm, could, going, well, I'm going with my friend who doesn't have a bike. Mm. Well, that's too bad for her. Make her walk. <laughs> You're a real cat, This is why you Ryan. don't have very many friends to me, right? <laughs> oh, seriously. Make her, make her ride on, the, bi- make her ride on the, the back of your bike. You can kind of reverse rolls. Moving on. What do you on. mean? Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. How you doing? Hey, what's up? Is this Heather? Is who? The, not you. Is this Heather you're going to? Yeah, no. Okay, yeah. What's up? So not, I know you're not Heather. I could be Heather if you wanted me to. No, you're, you're too tall. Yeah, I know. Anyway, Cindy McCain is uh, the Angela Lansbury character from a Manchurian Candidate. Oh, totally. No, I could absolutely see that. And, and John McCain is her dithering Senate husband, too. So yeah, no. It's, I... it's scary. Did you start up this call by saying you could be Heather if I wanted you to? <laughs> just came out. I'm sorry. Right. No, I'm just filing that away. One never knows when there's going to be a long weekend. Oh, boy. All right. Thank you. Okay. Bye. There you go. You sound a little winded. Him? That guy? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Hello. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Hey, Rick. I, I want to make a request. Hey, I was looking at I'll try web- to get it on for you. I was looking at your website, and you had some kind of contest for Earth, Wind, and Fire, and it uh, jogged my memory of that interview 
you did with uh, Cool in the Game. Oh, God. That had to be the funniest thing I've ever heard on radio. The worst interview. Because you were trying to enlist, like, callers to interview uh, the guy. Did I end up doing that interview myself with the aid of the callers, or did I... I think you actually went through with the interview. Or is that where the caller pretended to be me? The whole lead-up to the interview was, I mean, I was just dying. It was hilarious. Jesus. Thank you, Scotty J. So if you ever have, uh, like, best of... Yes. Definitely look for that. Uh, I, I'm sure we've got that. We've uh, good, Thanks to our good friend Thomas, uh, we actually have uh, our show archived all the way back, I mean, the last couple of years. And then, uh, you know, Scotty uh, did a lot of archiving as well. So, yeah, that was a Scotty J joint oh, yeah. uh, because he, he's a big Cool in the Gang fan. Oh, yeah. And contrived to have us interview Cool at one point. And it was just like the worst because I have, I mean, what the hell do I know about Cool in the Gang? So, yeah, it was the worst interview ever. So I'll look for it. I'm sure it's around. Okay. Thank you, my friend. All right, there you go. Here's Timmy Ryan. Okay, who's going to have a barbecue over the 4th of July weekend? Raise your hand. Sarah. Well, Sarah will be attending a barbecue, undoubtedly. Yeah. All right, Rick. No. No? Really? What about you, Timmy Ryan? Are you going to a barbecue? What might you be a grilling? Vegan, a vegan barbecue. Yeah. Are yeah. you having it yourself, or do you have a vegan friend that's going to be having a barbecue? Maybe. I mm-hmm. don't know. I'm sure I can find one. Are you going to meet that vegan friend tonight? Make a little vegan, vegan friend? Maybe. No comment. I don't even know. I don't what's know going what's on. going on. I don't understand. It. All right, give us your tiresome, tedious vegan. I, I think she's implying get... that she thinks she's implying that I'm screwing around or something. That you're screwing around. Yeah, Who's like, implying what? I'm, I'm screwing around. That I'm going to be meeting some other girl than the girl I'm seeing. That... Projecting. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I didn't was... think that you had a girlfriend. I have a quasi girlfriend. I don't even understand. So you. What just happened? I don't. What okay, are we so talking he was talking about? about vegan. So I was just messing with him because he's talking about how I don't know. Because he's so proud to be a vegan. So I was asking if he had any vegan friends. And so it's funny that you jump right to Sarah thinks I'm screwing around on my girlfriend. First of all, do you have a girlfriend? Quasi. If I asked what does her, quasi mean? If I asked her the same question, would she say that she's your girlfriend? I don't know what. Let's find out. What's your number? Let's let's call and ask if she's your I'm, girlfriend. I don't have her. I don't have her number. Don't here. don't don't lie. Oh, wait, hold on a second. Hey, Richie, so does Timmy Ryan have a girlfriend? She asked him to move in. <laughs> she asked him to she move in? She asked Timmy Ryan to move in with her? When did that happen? Very, very soon. But I mean, but I mean, when she asked him recently to move in? Last week. Timmy, your girlfriend asked you to move in? Yeah, that's a girlfriend. If she's asking you to move in and you're not homeless... That's a girlfriend. So, so oh, and she has moved her way up on Timmy Ryan's top friends. Is that true? Is this the girl, uh, the redhead? Yeah. All right. Uh, and so, what did you say uh, when she asked you to move in? Hell no. All right. You live on your. You live by yourself? Yeah, of course. All right. Well, What's, just well, asking. I, well, I have. You know, I live in a big house with roommates that I never see. But yeah. Okay, but I mean, you don't live. There's a, it's just you and some dudes. You live in a house of dudes. Yes. All right, excellent. Okay, so anyway, so so you do have a girlfriend. I think we were just asking if you were going to be the sad vegan dining alone, as is often the case with vegans, or if you had sort of a circle of vegan friends, and it's just strange that you went right to... Sarah thinks I'm cheating. None of my friends are vegan. All right, well, okay. Well, are you going to be going to a barbecue? No, I think you're just going to be drinking alone. What about your girlfriend? Where's she going to be? Uh, she'll be working. What kind of, What kind of work does she do? She's a trauma ward nurse. All right. Why did you, why, now, why? Why are you saying quasi? Like, if you guys have been, you guys have obviously been dating for a long time. How come you're afraid to t- attach that? Why would you not label? use the GF word? Because I'm horrible with monogamous relationships. 
Wait, so that you're going to cure that by just refuse by tacking the word quasi under the front of it? Correct. How does that address the How does that address the problem? It just means I haven't made it official because once you make it official with a girl, they go from being sweet to being a complete bitch. And that's what I found out. <laughs> it's hard to you know, believe that every, you might have problems. Every single time, no, every single they time. They turn into whores. Every single time I've been seeing a girl and we hang out and then she wants she wants to make it official we're together or whatever, all of a sudden, uh, you know, all the good things stop. All the good times don't happen anymore. And, and she stops something you? And we say the yeah. good times, you mean the sex? Yeah, and then every yeah, and then every time I moved in, I moved in with a girl twice, and both disastrous results. One time she moved out on me, the other time I found all my stuff out in the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> no, literally, I can't. I can't oh I, no, that no, that's happened I, to me too. <laughs> I, was, I was at the radio station. I was over at Third Avenue doing actually one of my seventy seconds bits, and I got this text message: "All your stuff is out in the hallway. I want your ass the hell out now." Excellent. And okay. then all I, all my stuff was in the hallway, and I was the hell out. So. Uh, so I'm, how long I'm, did you see this, the, the girls that you moved in with before? Uh, let's see here. Lindsay was like a year and a half, and Amber was like nine months. And months. before you moved in? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And then you moved in. Then how long did you last living with them before they booted you out? Oh, Jesus. I think the average is like three and a half months or something like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is a different dynamic. It does uh, It does change things. Uh, so... All right, so 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 this girl you're with now, mm-hmm. can we use her first name or should we call her something else? Call her Shelly. Her name is Shelly. All right, so Shelly, this girl you're seeing now, so you call her your quasi-girlfriend. Yeah. Would she, if we asked her, would she call you her boyfriend? I don't know what she would call me. Well, she, I mean, I've never heard her use the word boyfriend around me, but the other day I got... What is her, what is her MySpace really, the, a status on there? Does she say she's in a relationship? That's a good is question. Is she a swinger? That's, I don't know. That's a really... What is your MySpace status? He's a no. He he has to cop out because he's a band page, so he doesn't have to. Oh put it. man, doesn't that piss you off? It though? totally pisses me off. Why? Right. Well, because it, because it, sometimes you can't figure people out. You want to like find out like, oh, does he have a girlfriend? Or seriously, so if it's like some hot female chick, you want to see if they're bi, and then you can't. Uh, so uh, so yeah, musicians they get to. So I can't get see her profile because it's private. So what is what is what is her MySpace status? I don't know what it is actually. Well, let's find out. Yeah, we should find out. What do we think it is right now? I think it's in a relationship. I think it's in a relationship. Timmy Ryan, what do you suppose her MySpace status is? I don't know. I don't really look at her MySpace. If you had to guess. I, 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 that's actually a really good question. I haven't checked it out. See, All right. Let's check it right now, live on the air in real time. Yeah, this is... I hope Les Moonbaz is listening right now. This is compelling radio. Hold on. God damn it. This computer I found the, I found the greatest version of the popcorn song yesterday. It's a merengue version. I didn't find it. Somebody sang it. Andrew's going up. Here we go. All right, did we find it? Yeah, but of course the computer's retarded, so it's taken like nine million years to load up. We can wait. Oh, we're ready. There to... she is. All right, All let's right. see. Status. Single. Single. <laughs> for dating, and she's looking for dating. All right. Well, there you go. I was wrong about that. So well, she's then... single. Well, why would she ask you to move in? Have you guys had the uh, the monogamy talk? Con- is, is, she is she texting calling? you right now? I don't think she's calling. No, I'm making sure. Is she? Um, oh, she totally just. She's didn't. completely calling. Did you just send her right to voicemail? No, no. Actually, I have no. Um, I lost all my service in here for some reason. Well, it's because you're inside a concrete room filled with electronic equipment. Okay, now it's coming back up. Yeah. What was the question? Uh, have you had the monogamy talk? Kind of, yeah. What's well, what's so you had the kind of monogamy she talk? She doesn't with want your me quasi- screwing around, basically. Did she? So tell- can you guys like kiss other people but not sleep with other people? 
Weren't you the one who made that What? Well, no, Sarah was the one who made that observation. That kissing other people is one thing, sleeping with other people is another. Yeah, sleeping with them, yeah, that's, it's very, very different. So, I, I, but I don't do that. So how did the monogamy talk go, though? What does that mean you kind of had the talk? Well, Man, I wish we had a camera in here right now to, so we could, you could, everyone could see the expressions on his Seriously, right it's like you, hands in pockets, hunching over. It's like you're trying to reduce yourself into a singularity. What, so what is the kind of monogamy talk? Well, like I said, she doesn't want me screwing around. Okay, but does that what's, mean you what's can't? What's the of screwing around? Well, you know, putting it to other girls. Does that mean having, that? having sex with? Having sex multiple ways with them, yes, I cannot do that. Multiple ways. Just one way is fine. <laughs> what about, what about like, just like if you're just making out with some girl? Would uh, that be are okay? You allowed to make out? Are you allowed to make out with other girls? Well, let me know. ask you this. Hold on, let me ask you this. Let me put it right now. If she walks into a bar and you are making out uh, with some other girl and she sees you, is that going to cause a fight or a whatever I think thing? she'd probably be pretty pissed off, yeah. So you're not allowed to do that? She probably wouldn't like it, no. You're not allowed to do that if you want to maintain your relationship with her at its current level. That's correct. All right. What about her now? Is she allowed to sleep around? I don't know. I mean, I can't really stop her. No, but, I, but I'm saying in your opinion. Well, I mean, my here's Would my, that be a problem for you? I, if, no, here's what I would say. Like, well, did you use a condom? Okay, then it's no big deal. All right. So you are more open-minded about it as long as she's responsible. Very much so. I'm kind of like Sting in that aspect. You're exactly like Sting. Exactly. That's, exact, that's what I would say, really. I'm like I'd Ron go, Jeremy. I'd go right to the Sting, yes. And Richard Belzer, also that guy from Big Bang Theory. Let's do one more and we'll take a break since it's now inexplicably... Uh... Richie wants to know what if he had sex with her. <laughs> I've actually talked about that. Are you asking permission, Richie? I'll use a condom. <laughs> I asked Shelly. I asked Shelly. Wow. Is the pimp squad could tag team? <laughs> no. no oh, oh, it burns. I'm just kidding. I like Shelly. I'm sorry, Shelly. No, no. I asked Shelly. <laughs> we would never wish that on you. If she would ever do Richie and she said, oh, God, no. What about Adam? Would she I don't do know. Adam? I, I never asked. Okay. But I, we really do need to do something about Adam. I'm kind of worried about the guy. But I honestly think that Adam is the. I'm, would you? I think Adam's the best looking member of the Pimp Squad. It would be wrong of me to say that because then that would be that, that's that's, that's mean to either Timmy or Richie if I agree, I'm, and if I don't, then I'm it's that I'm mean to. Build up his no, 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 I'm, I'm saying. He's known I, as other guy. I don't. But I don't. I don't want It would be wrong of me to play fair. I love. I love them all equally. Here's the different with, flavors for different folks. Here's the thing with Adam, though. You know, um, and and. and Bar I would say X. this. I'd in say, Bar X, where Sarah and I, you know, I, I run into Sarah all the time. Yeah, Adam, yeah. Timmy. That's a th yeah. I think you know. Okay. That's the thing we're gonna. I do. But he you... does tell me that he sees me at this so-called place sometimes. He's like, "Oh, I saw you last time." He's like, I was "Sitting at the bar alone." Adam is at, look. Adam is a great guy, but he drinks. You're a great a lot. guy. And I drink with him all the time. I have nothing against him. Uh, here's the thing, Adam. He's a good-looking guy. I would say that. I would say he's an attractive man. Mm -hmm. uh, he's funny. You know, he works in radio, so there's a certain, you know, there's a certain little allure there to some people. No, we're okay, going to take a break. break. <laughs> Seriously. What is it? I wouldn't Do you believe even... that you work in radio. That's that's like, that's three different things that I dumped in less than a minute. That's all I've been I was talking about the drink. I was talking about the orange drink. I'm turning off this microphone. Back after this, it's the Rick Emerson radio program. Okay. No, he approached you and he looked really concerned. You are what? How old are you? Me, uh, tw twenty-seven. Richie, you are Richie's in his early thirties. You are twenty-seven. Richie's in his late thirties. He's thirty-seven. I didn't know that. I thought he was younger than I was. 
Oh, well, all right. So the, together, so an average, you're like an average of 33 years old, and you were pinky swearing about something. No, I didn't pinky swear. He came up to me and he's like, dude, you know, I didn't mean to go too far if I did, but, you know, for the, in the future, if you tell me something, all you got to do is pinky swear, and I won't, I won't say it. So... Wait, piggy swear what? Like I about Richie sleeping with your girlfriend? Wait, did no. Richie sleep with your girlfriend? No, no, Richie, Richie never did anything to Shelly. All right. Richie, what were you pinky swearing about with Timmy Ryan? Why don't you snag that mic over there? It's what we were talking about out there in the uh, the back. Uh, we what? can't repeat it. You were you were pinky swearing? Well, there's some things we can't talk about on the air. Anyway. Pimp Squad code. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh-huh. it's, it's really bad. We have to pinky pimp it. Isn't it pretty funny? And <laughs> wow. That's, pinky pimp sounds it? like a sexual act. The, the thing pinky that swear. the thing that Richie and I were talking about is both funny and bad at the same time. Is, is this, this something that you have done? No, this is something that happened last night. <laughs> <laughs> is it a sexual mishap? Yeah. Oops. On your no. part? No, no, no. <laughs> On whose part? <laughs> My pinky's out, buddy. <laughs> wow. Yo, I don't want to see anybody's pinkies out. Seriously. See the pinky pimp. By the way, I'm uh, gonna say Shelly was kind of drunk when she got home last night. Tell him to say. Not all to say. Okay. Uh, well, you did say you were up for the thunder and lightning snor- storm, and that's after the bar closed. Oh man. That was at 3 a.m. No, no, no Shelly came. Through the front door, just just really, really drunk, just incredibly intoxicated. She smelled like a distillery or the Kennedys on St. Patrick's Day. It was really bad. Mm-hmm. I thought you were going to try and allude to some kind of front door, back door, Came holiday. The front door. All right. <laughs> uh, back door holiday. That's pretty funny. All right. Okay. Uh, this email uh, says uh, this is from Kristen Bowie about Timmy Ryan's girlfriend. She is his girlfriend. She exists. He gets squirrely if you call him monogamous, and she is his girlfriend. <laughs> all caps. They've been seeing each other exclusively since around March. Is that true? Kind of. Yeah. Kind exclusively. Of. No. Exclusively, to the exclusion of others. Yes, her and I have been completely monogamous. All right. Completely. Do you see his face? Yes. Yes, I do. It's true. Is she listening? No, now she is. So that's <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Did I hear during the did I hear during the break a phone call with, from you to your girlfriend where you were saying, "So hi, honey, have you been listening?" <laughs> Which is, by the way, everybody who works on this show mm-hmm. has that conversation. Hey, so are you are you listening? Th- Good. Now that no, there's nothing. Something happening. and then you get a text message or something a few months later. I'm like. Oh my god! And I see the name. I'm like, are they listening? Are yeah. they right about the show? Or you're trying to, something completely so random. So what are you doing? You're at the mall, huh? Okay, so you weren't near a radio or anything. That's good. Not, no, 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 nothing's happening. No, no, it's, no, no it's a boring day. No, that's, it's nothing that's, happening. That's what I asked her because she called up and she's like, "Hey, what's going on?" I said, "Hey, have you been listening to the show? No, should I?" And I said, "No, not at all." All right then. Please well, don't listen. Let's resume the news. Here's oh. Timmy Ryan. Oh, Shelly, well, Shelly, if you missed it, Timmy Ryan has announced, in fact, that you are his girlfriend. No, I said quasi-goddamn <laughs> girlfriend. And that it's okay if you hump other guys. Yes, All as right. long as you wear a condom. All right. Jesus. All right, so we were talking about Fourth of July barbecue. Oh, tips. man, I thought we alleviated this. I thought, I thought we distracted you by talking about your girlfriend. Are you oh. and your girlfriend going to barbecue? No, she's got to work and I've got to drink. Oh, are you going to stay at your girlfriend's house tonight? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to watch her big old basset hound Chumley, so yeah. What's his name? Chumley. He's like 95 pounds right. of basset hound. He's gigantic. Okay. All right. So what happened last night? <laughs> last night? Mm-hmm. What time did she do? She come home from work? Well, not no, from no, work, not work, from work. Yes. <laughs> she come from work from totally the drunk. Wars. No, she was over at like Tiga with one of her friends, Aaron, and they like tie it on. I mean, they really tie it on together. So, um... Her friend Tiga? No, no, she was over at this bar, Tiga. Oh, oh. she's calling me. Uh oh. <laughs> um, and so she came through the. It must have been 2 a.m. Turn. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how you make her sound just like you. Right. 
Tanya was like, I'm Shelly Riley. <laughs> so, yeah, and, uh, you know, she just, she was, been, was pretty drunk, and uh, that's all I'll say. What would happen that you would have to pinky swear about? Because. Is, let me ask you this. Let me just, let me narrow it down. It was a, a um, an inadvertent physical happening? Kind of, yeah. Was it uh, something that happened with her body that she lost control of? No. Hmm. Well, no, not yeah, no, not really. All right, I, I've decided I don't. Yeah, want I don't know. Yeah, yeah I've decided. Say, it's really funny, but I, I won't. Yeah, say we're gonna move on. All right, here's some actual news from Timmy Ryan. Oh yeah, my news. I mean, uh, Fourth of July barbecue tips. All right, so do you want to have a great Fourth of July barbecue? More than anything. Here are some tips for you. Okay, uh, number one, people invite friends, neighbors, coworkers. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna invite my coworkers and family early. Uh, before other plans evolve for them. So, in other words, before they can say, I've already got something else going on. Uh, <laughs> so, it's like, this is a little yeah. too late. <laughs> yeah. So, this doesn't really work for I, our purposes. I would love to come, but, you know. But looking forward to next year. Right. All right. Uh, number two, barbecue tools. Make sure to have lots barbecue of... Barbecue tools? Yeah. Ryan's a barbecue tool. <laughs> Seriously. Make sure to have lots of barbecue tools on you, like a wire brush, oven mitts, skewers, um... And and all kinds of other stuff. Uh, safety, that's very important because you're drunk and barbecue and you don't want to burn yourself. Grills are hot and grilling tools can be sharp. If there are children around, be sure to take the necessary precautions to keep them from running near the grilling area. And uh, I got one more for you because it's getting boring. It's losing its legs. Um, fireworks. If it makes you feel better, I'm not even listening. Okay, I heard something about tools. Since setting up your own fireworks is probably not legal and, of course, very dangerous... Check your local listings for fireworks displays in your area. Local newspapers and news channels usually carry a complete listing for your reference. Okay. Are we well, done? That's great. Yes, that's wonderful. What? Thank you so much for those. All right. Uh, by the way, just a final note here. Kristen Bowie says, what happened last night with Timmy and Shelley was funny but wrong. I, and then she says in all caps, I do not want to know this about my coworkers ever. Jesus, help me. So there you go. Well, that's it. You know, so it, Kristen Bowie knows what happened. Yeah, she. If it horrifies Kristen <laughs> Bowie, then I don't want to know because you know she's got a she's got a pretty a pretty weird sense of humor in some way. So if it horrifies her, then I'm I'm gonna you know I can live the rest uh, of my life not knowing. All right, she's calling me again. Uh-oh. This is who <laughs> Shelley. You, you should, should answer. answer it. Answer, you should answer it. Why Why not? I can't press the button. Answer no. it, Timmy. Just answer it. If you want to call her, fine, but I'm not answering. All right, give me the phone. Really? Give me the phone. All right, here you go. All right, Shelley, there you go. I have a three. You want to, there's the number. All right. No, no, there's the number. Oh, do I have to press send? No, no. I mean, if you wanted to call her, I mean, are you going to call her on the air? Well, we can't call, call Well, we, we'd have to call her off the air to get her permission first. Uh, they okay. can be illegal. could be persnickety about that. Oh, okay. So, uh, <laughs> Richie's already picked up the <laughs> line. Hold on. Richie, do you know her number? Uh, no. All right. Uh, I'll put her number on the screen. See if she wants to come on the air. Hold on. All right. This intercom is like uh, the greatest thing ever. Seriously, well done, Richie. Did you just say um, intercom is the greatest no, thing? Intercom. No, intercom. And it's oh, so hard to not say hard intercom. Hard not to say intercom. Intercom is not the greatest intercom. thing. Intercom. Intercom. Uh, all right. Uh, all right. I put her number on the screen, Richie. See if she wants to come on the air. Yeah, she's going to come on, and I'm going to be screwed. Yeah. All right. Yeah, not anymore. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Zang. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Here's Timmy Ryan. You have to come and fill in. You know what we do to you. I know. Here we go. Guess what? Oil prices rose yet again. Sons of bitches. Oil prices briefly soared to a new high near $146 a barrel today, extending the previous day's record 
shattering rally before easing as the dollar gained ground against the euro. Americans hitting the road for the 4th of July holiday were confronted with an unwelcome record of their own. The average retail price for regular gasoline jumped to within two-tenths of a penny of $4.10 a gallon, that according to AAA. So why the hell are so many people driving? Why don't they just say F OPEC and F all the gas station companies? We're not driving this weekend. How did you get to work today? Um, I drove, <laughs> but there's a reason why. Well done. Way to no, set no. an example for the no, others. No, no, I'm not driving anywhere. Way to the lead by July. doing, Timmy. I'm Ryan. not going anywhere the Fourth of July weekend. And I've been riding my bike. I've been. You saw me riding my bike that one day. See, I ride my bike nowadays. What do you mean you? When? What do you, when did I see that's you? That's like a Jedi mind. You saw me riding my bike that you, one time. You saw me. Good for you. Good for you, Timmy Ryan. You kept walking. walking <laughs> <That's behind me. laughs> You're making this up. No. I think you are fabricating this whole thing. Good and, for you, Timmy Ryan. <laughs> and I just walked into the sunset. doesn't even sound like a thing Sarah would say. That's what she said. I swear to God. So anyway, that's what I've been doing. And uh, I've been running more. You know, I, I run and walk everywhere. The only reason I couldn't come down uh, here with my bike today is because I was running too damn late. Um, are you getting a text message? No. I'm, hey, uh, Richie, can you come in here for a second? Okay, I'm trying to, uh, let's see. What? Okay. Uh, I'm trying to find, let's see. Um, hmm. All right. Uh, okay, so you can't, you couldn't see her number when I typed it on the screen? Uh-oh. Okay, let me find it here. You don't mind that I'm just going through your phone. <laughs> um, all right, let's no, see. Feel free. Just don't go through the text messages. No, I'm just, I'm just looking at the contact list <laughs> because I typed it on the screen and then I closed your phone, but he didn't see it for some reason. Jesus, God. Uh, let's see here. Who's the most famous person in your phone, Timmy Ryan? Right now? Yeah, who's the, who's the most impressive number in your phone? The Dusty. Um, Dusty? Oh, Watson? No, well, no, he's up there. I mean, but I kind of known him since I was a kid. Who's now. Dusty? Dusty Watson. I don't know who that is. Uh, Dick Dale, Drick's uh, ex-drummer in the current he's drummer. Agent or Orange. Agent Orange. Oh, okay, uh, all right. All right. Who is that the most impressive person in your phone? No, I have Hal Blaine in there. Really? Yeah. Good for you, from the Wrecking Crew. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Uh, I don't but, know who my most impressive one is. Actually, you know what? Marvin, Rindy, Ross from Quarter Flash. I have their number two. So. Really? Yeah. Uh, you are like a, you are a who's who of sort of B-level musicians in your phone. I have, yep, yeah, I Art Alexakis' number. You know, uh, <laughs> I, heard, I, I heard, really? Yeah, remember? I heard, oh, that's right. That's right. I, Court and Fapple were talking about this the other night. For those late night booty calls. I'm really... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Impregnate me. <laughs> I need some sex. Whoa. Um, anywho, uh, so Court and Fatboy were talking about that. And Court is... Uh, Court does this great thing. Here's a little great move that Court from Court and Fatboy has started doing. When they book somebody uh, who's legitimately impressive or somebody whose number he wants, they do the best move of... They book the interview, and then Court uh, says, uh, here's the deal. You know, we, we, we do a show, and sometimes we're on the air or whatever, so you'll need to call this number about 10 minutes early and confirm, you know, and we'll confirm the, the you know, the, the the studio line number for you. So Court gives, oh, like, if he booked, like, he booked Katie Sackoff from, um, uh, from Battlestar Galactica. And so the deal is, they schedule the interview with her, and then he doesn't give them the studio line number. He says, here's the deal, call this number about 10 minutes before interview time, and we'll give you the studio line number. So they are forced to call Court's cell phone right before the interview, and he then files it away. So that's how he's got Katie Sackhoff's number, he's got Chuck Palahniuk's home number, uh, all because of that little move. So I think we ought to start doing that. That's a great little dodge Absolutely. he's got there. Uh, all right, is this Shelly? All right. Hello. Yeah. Uh, hi, Shelly. How are you today? I'm trying to make coffee, and I was sleeping uh, earlier. I'm sorry, did Richie wake you up? 
No, I've actually been listening to your show and trying to find a number and frantically call. All right. Oh. making up so much crap. That what, I what, is, I had to call. what is What's he making on? up? What's What's... Nothing occurred last night. <laughs> yeah. uh, Tim slept on the couch because apparently I was snoring. But um... yes, It sounded like a hog farm. <laughs> but Dude. He <laughs> it's like when Dennis called his wife a cow that one time. Had to buy her like a $4,000 no, no. ring. You came in stumbling drunk last night. Which is I totally had three cool. drinks last night. Yeah, <laughs> three drinks get you stumbling drunk. I came in drunk. through the back door, not the front door, and like you were outside walking chumly in your pajama bottoms when I came home. Oh, that's like you couldn't say it the last two times you oh. said it, and I had to dump it. So you let's not, stumbling drunk. You were. Let's say she was drunk. Van, just she was drunk. So all right. all right. So wait. So you were walking a dog in your pajama bottoms. Yeah. What kind of pajamas are they, Shelley? Please tell me they have cartoon characters on them. <laughs> No, they're plaid, and um, they were inside out, so the pockets were hanging out. <laughs> You're all class. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I might have been in my beater at that point, too. So, so what was he wrong about? He, 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 here's, let me just tell you. Here is something that Timmy said. Timmy okay. said, Timmy and, uh, and uh, uh, Richie Bristol, I, I swear to God, as grown men, they pinky swore that they were not going to reveal whatever it is you did last night. And you may claim that nothing happened, but here's the thing, Kristen, do you know Kristen Bowie? Yeah. So Kristen Bowie sent me an email. This is her email. Her email says, uh, let's see, I'm sorry. Uh, the email says, it's hilarious. And then that's the subject line. And then the email itself says, what happened last night was funny but wrong. I don't want to know this about my coworkers ever. Jesus, help. So... Whatever it is that you don't think happened last night, Timmy Ryan A told Richie and B told Kristen. Tim, what are you fabricating? Nothing. Oh, nothing. I just I just said that you came home last night really, really drunk. Uh huh. It seems like there's more I think to it than that. Something happened. Yeah, because it involved something with the being up late and the lightning storm and he, me not being he aware. Claimed he claimed it was really drunk. I asked him if it was some sort of um, sexual mishap, and he says yes. Oh, well, by the way my body looks and feels right now, I don't think it was any kind of sexual mishap. Oh. Yeah, you can, being a lady, you can tell. Right, certain things. If something certain were to... areas have been entered or... Scratch your ear. <laughs> like an ear or your nose, perhaps, yes. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> wow. And, um, I do have some very revealing pictures of Tim Ryan that I can I will happily email to you. Um, one of which is him taking a picture of himself on his cell phone because he does that all the time. I don't do that. I actually posted on the comment section on his MySpace page. Now it's gone now because Wait. I was really drunk. I was really drunk, and I wanted to take a picture of how I looked when I was really drunk. That's why I did that. Yeah, he had one drink at Gila Land, and he was totally sober, and he takes pictures of himself daily, and he makes his little scowl face, his, like, little Billy Idol smear <laughs> face, that return face that he always makes. You have never been more owned than at this moment. Um, so, you wait, so, you, so he takes pictures of himself every day? Every other day. Uh, just, like, on a regular basis? I mean, what, but, I mean, striking a pose, or... No, just like about he takes pictures of himself with his little sneer and then puts them on his mic. No, hold on. Let me defend myself here. Okay, Shelly caught my caught me doing it drunk a few times, and then she's like, "You're always taking pictures of yourself," and now I do it just to kind of you know f f with her to make no, her you think. No, you don't. You take pictures. them and you put them right on your mic. No, I used to do that. I did that because when I got my camera phone, I'm like, "Ooh, I have a camera phone now," 
because I, I upgraded, so I took a bunch of pictures of myself because people were like, you don't have enough pictures on there. And so Who said that? I want to know who who complained no, about I, your I, lack I, of I was pictures. Get, I was getting, no, I, because <laughs> I, I only had like two or three pictures that were way out of date. So uh, I had like some emails on there saying, hey, put some more pictures up. So I put a bunch of pictures up, and uh, I just kind of kept taking pictures of me with my, my camera phone. But I did it a couple times with Shelly, and then when I was, like, really, really drunk, and then every time, you know, I, I kind of start effing with her, because I like to eff with Shelly a lot, with her head, right, Shelly? Which I do. Yes, um, you, you, um, but I get you right back, actually, and then you totally right. call so I, I kind of, so, so, anyway, so these, you have revealing photographs of, of Timmy? I, well, I have this video of him rolling around with my basset hound on the bed. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's not really revealing, but it, it could be taken the wrong way. It's disturbing. I was playing with the goddamn dog. All right, please to be sending that to us. How many clothes were you wearing? Um, he wasn't wearing any clothes. <laughs> Dude. Okay, yeah, you got to send that to us. That's that's great. <laughs> uh, I, I was wearing clothes. <laughs> no, you weren't. <laughs> Really you were naked that. rolling around with a hundred pound basset hound? <laughs> I was not rolling around with Chumley naked, Jesus. Alright, well then we'll see the video. This is really an either or question. <laughs> you were either rolling around nude <laughs> with a dog or you weren't. I mean, he might have been in the bed and I had my shirt off because it's I always sleep with my shirt off. Well, I'm not I don't think the issue of your shirt being off is really the question. <laughs> the question is did you have clothes on? I, I had yeah, I think I at least had underwear on, yeah. Do you have underwear on, Shelly? Um I don't remember, but I don't, probably not. All right, you should. Yeah, you, you should. Dump, yeah, you right can now. just forward that along. Anything you'd be and uh, yeah, just pass that along to us if you would. Yeah, I also have, um, I voice recorded him snoring the other night too. So Re- oh, really? Yeah. Can you yeah, uh, can, mine, so. can you email that to us? Yeah. All right, uh, Sarah. What? Where should she send that? Um, if she uh, to Richie, maybe or to yeah. door. Do we do we trust Richie to give it to us? Richie, hold on a second. He might alter it. Richie, uh, if Shelly sends you some things, will you pass them to us unmolested? Sure. Do we trust him? Yeah, I trust him. All right. Okay, so uh, do you have Richie's email address? Um, Let me get a pen. Why is Tim being so quiet? Is he shivering? No, I'm just not going to be putting it to you for a while. That's all. He's going to be withholding favors. There's well, you mean I can't watch you guys drunkenly drive, uh, <laughs> hang out on the, on the bar? At every bar I bump into the two of you. Good Lord, kids, get a room. All right. Um, did he call you earlier and ask if you were listening today? Yes, and I said, why? Should I be listening? And, of course, because he said that I immediately turned the show on and yeah. heard right. everything. So. All right. Um, let's just say I hope he doesn't become a patient over the next couple of nights. Of mine, because then he'll be in trouble. Uh, so this is your chance, if you'd like to me to uh, to reveal anything that we might have been discussing earlier before she hears it from her friends. Well, I can always go back and listen on my computer, but what was um, being discussed earlier would be, I want to hear. Yeah, let's talk about Nothing. it. Nothing. Nothing at all. We were talking about, like, your uh, the, uh, that you guys were talking about moving in together. Oh, because, oh, because he's been Hey, 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 hey. What? 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. What was that, Shelly? Because he's been like... I've been hanging out at her house a lot because it's closer to the station. <laughs> let's let's hear her take on this. Jesus. So this is a discussion about him moving in. Why, Shelley? Um, I will not reveal. <laughs> oh no, you were about you were about. I thought we had a bond here, Shelley. He's around the going around the office today saying that he did crude sexual things to you while you were drunk. Okay then. Oh, all right then. Um, no, I told him. Um, I, well, I was just would like to get. I was talking about getting a roommate because I've. Uh, my rent's insanely expensive. Right. I just don't want to spend that much in rent because I'd rather spend it on other things. And, uh, and so he was just like, well, then we'll only see each other when our kid is week or whatever. And, 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 and. Um, you, I don't know. Can you tell the rest of the story? 
I don't know that I trust him to tell the rest of the story. Well, the rest, the rest of the story. Now. The rest of the story is this: A, yeah, I've been hanging out with her a lot, but you know, B, I, I'm not really in the moving in with with girls. Because um, so, they dump him and then he doesn't have to go. Right, exactly. So <laughs> I want to keep my pad, which I pay for, and like you know, as long if Shelly and I hang out, great. But if things don't work out with her, I still have a place to go and you know take hurts. So I mean, where where am I? This this happened to me twice before, where I got thrown out of my apartment, my own apartment, uh, living with a girl, or the girl moved out on me, and I had nowhere to go. So I'm I'm being safe this time, Shelly. Is that the? Is you this... actually seem to have like a pretty good connection here, though. Is this, no, uh, we tolerate each other without killing each other, which, I mean, both of us are intolerable, so. Well, there you go. All right, so is that the extent, is that more or less the take on the moving in conversation? Pretty much. Have you guys had a discussion about being boyfriend-girlfriend? Mm, um, I yelled at him for calling me his quasi-girlfriend. <laughs> That's what he's been she, doing, doing all day, by the way. Like, what is that? Like, yeah, because we, very good at we, have, we have that, what does it all mean, where is it all going conversation the other day? Well, I just figure the world will come to an end soon, so it doesn't matter. So what does it mean when you say quasi-girlfriend, Tim Ryan, which you've done repeatedly today? I don't know. Like, it's I just, you're going to say girlfriend. Right, exactly. I don't want to give her the official title because once you give her the official title... Then they like they get fat and stupid or something. Anyway. Right. They, 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 they do. They, they become bitchy. You don't get the sex anymore. They don't treat you nice anymore. No, one girl who I will not say because she may or may not be listening, her and I hung out for like... Four months, and then she's like, I, want, I, I think, you know, I want to be your girlfriend. And I said, all right, fine. We're boyfriend, girlfriend. And then all of a sudden, she stopped being nice. She was a massage therapist. The massages stopped. Uh, got no more sex from her. So there you go. So is this now, do you feel like this would happen, uh, Shelly, if you guys were to formalize it? No, I mean, I've been married before, so marriage is actually, I think, well, sorry, you're married, aren't you? And I actually know your wife, so I really like her. Well, um, so, I mean, you know, things can sometimes change if you, you know, like that, like formalize or if you move in together. All right. Uh, so, all right, then. So, uh, let's see. What What is probably, well, it's, Jesus, it's 1 o'clock. All right. So, uh, on case against Portland. So, uh, there's so much I want to ask, but we so dangerously behind already. So, here's the thing. I will let you, uh, if you want to email that stuff to us, that would be fantabulous. Okay. All right. And by the way, oh, never mind. I don't even know. I was what? I was going to bring up that thing about well, because we were having this discussion. Here's the here's the thing. And we were we were having this discussion about the quasi girlfriend statement. And so Sarah and I asked. I think, understandably enough, we said, well, does that mean you've had a conversation about exclusivity? And then it somehow and then it somehow came around to the issue of whether or not it would be all right if if Richie Bristol had his way with you. And then it just the conversation what? just turned all kinds of awkward. So, I didn't say what. I, I didn't suggest that. Well, did I suggest that Richie Briss Bristol have his way with her? What, no. I think I think what what Timmy said was is that he didn't at this stage in the relationship he did not care uh, if you slept around as long as you were responsible about it. And then I believe, and then I think at that point, I think that's when Richie piped up on the screen asking permission to have sex with you, presumably asking Timmy, not you. Right, because, you know, I'm just willingly give myself up to anybody. Yeah. Oh, yeah, me? Oh, yeah, I'll just lay on the couch and take it. Here, come on over. <laughs> come on, gentlemen, line up. <laughs> really? we got to have you on more often. You're the best girlfriend ever. <laughs> Quasi-girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Call back. Uh, all right, Shelly, thank you for tolerating our juvenile behavior. Yes, you are juvenile. All right, thank you so much. Shelly, make me dinner. All right. um, I'm going to be working and saving lives tonight, so. <laughs> Owned. All right. Thank you, Shelly. All right. Bye. All right. Bye. There bye. you go. That's wonderful. She's fantastic. Seriously, don't F that up, dude. 
I mean, do I keep telling me? But I already know. I'm seriously, going to no, somehow, Sarah. Do uh, I speak for you too? I mean, I, doesn't she seem like? Uh, I know her. We live in the same neighborhood, so I see her quite a bit. And honestly, yeah, she cool. seems like a real catch. Uh, public, I could do without the public displays of affection. Like seeing them go at it with each other is just disgusting. I'm well, the real catch. Well, no, look. you're not. <laughs> Timmy Ryan. I'm a prize come on, to be one. We're radio people. We're all dime a dozen. I'm a prize to be one. I don't. I think you're catching, maybe, but not uh, a catch. Uh, no, I'm saying she. I mean, I don't really know her. I think we've talked a couple times, real briefly in public. I think that's the longest conversation I've ever had with her. But I got to tell you, I like her. Why is it that every single time that I'm like seeing or doing a girl, she somehow ends up on the air? Well, I, because because you're because you're working here today uh, and not a couple. So, <laughs> I mean, anyway. So, no, I dig her. You don't want to blow that. Seriously. So It sounds like that. And also, did you notice the conversation that it sounds like maybe he's the one who wants to move in more than she I is? think I know no. where the pants are worn. I mean, I think that's the deal. Because you're, you're making it sound like she wants you to move in, but it sounds kind of like you're the one who. I don't it. want to move in. No, I, that, I, I definitely did not do that. We had this. We had this conversation. We had this conversation. She initiated me moving in, and I said, "There's no way. I, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna like co-sign a lease because as soon as things f up between us, right. where the hell am I gonna go?" And she's like, "Oh, that would never happen. I would never do that to you." I'm going, "Uh huh. I've heard that." All right. Well, okay. I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, you know, whatever, whatever works for you guys. But you know, I get a good sense of her. That's all I'm gonna say. Uh, so, <laughs> lay, lay on the couch and line up, gentlemen. Uh, all right. I really want to be seeing that. That video, like right now. Yeah, I think that's going to be. Uh, we'll check on that during the break. Let's do some more news, Tim Ryan. Uh, Timmy Ryan. Oh. oh, that's what we're doing. We're doing news. Okay, fine. Uh, you want to do some kind of watch? Religious nutcase, nut, nutcase watch. You're doing the news. I'm just over here, friend. Oh, well, I said let's do a religious. Here's your religious watch. nutcase watch okay. for Thursday on the Person Radio Program. religious nutcase watch. All right. As the price of oil continues to rise, some are turning to the Almighty God in prayer for an answer to their financial troubles. They pray at the pump movement founded by Rock Twyman. Pray at the pump. <laughs> yeah. Twyman. It's founded by Rocky Twyman. It almost sounds like he should be a bass player for the Rolling Stones. Has been holding prayer vigils at gas stations across the country. On Monday, Twyman decided to take his movement from Exxon and Shell stations straight to the steps of the embassy of Saudi Arabia in Washington, D.C., hoping to encourage the oil-rich country to raise yeah, raise the amount of barrels they release each day from 200,000 to 1.2 million. That's just kind of pointless because they're Muslim and they don't believe in the same religion, right? Well, and also, well, whatever. I mean, maybe you could just go to the auto dealership and pray that they give you a car that gets better gas mileage. You know, so why don't they just get on TV and start, you know, kicking some ass for all the idiots who went and decided to drive the Hummer because their next door neighbor has one? I am really, I am really proud of the fact uh, that I, cause I don't think anybody here. You don't own an SUV, obviously. Hell Ricky doesn't. No. Sarah doesn't. I don't. I mean, Tim doesn't. So uh, I am proud of the fact that all of us here, and I think probably a great number of people in the audience. Is spotted like from go that that was a bad idea. Yeah, anybody who it. drives an SUV is an idiot. Well, SUV. The thing about an SUV is they're always they have now become 
I think, the very definition of an ironic vehicle. They were almost always, it's like that old joke about how guys wearing Harley t-shirts are always in a car. People in a sport utility utility vehicle are almost never engaged in a sport or utility activity. Mm -hmm. uh, it's they're always talking on their cell phone and they have Starbucks in the other hand. It's, just yeah. driving, it's driving your fat children to Applebee's. I mean, that's kind of it. So, All right, there's your religious nutcase watch for Thursday. Fantastic. Here's Timmy Ryan. All right, Snowball the Deer, he has a new home, or is it a she? I don't even know who Snowball the Deer is. Don't you remember Tim was obsessed with Snowball the Deer? Yes, Maybe. Snow Snowball's that deer who was rescued by some family, and then, of course, the uh, Department of Fish and Wildlife. Oh, that's right. Tried, to take, the, tried to take the deer away from the kid. Spending yeah. thousands of dollars right. of our tax money for nothing. All right, so Oregon's best-known doe. Okay, so that would be a female? Yes. Okay. A doe. A deer? A female deer. Okay. Nice. Oregon's best-known doe has a new home. No. Snowball, the doe, was rescued from the roadside <laughs> six years ago by a Malala family. But the state sees Snowball and her offspring, Bucky, in September of 2000. Bucky. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. Snowball, Snowball and Bucky. Bucky, a love story. <laughs> Sounds that like sounds like Brewer and Shipley's like offshoot band, Snowball and Bucky. That's going to be a new like live animation film by Walt Disney. Snowball and yeah. Bucky, wonderful. Anyway, they, they seized Bucky and Snowball back in September 2007 because Oregon law prohibits holding wild animals in captivity without a permit. Now, Snowball has been transferred to Wildlife Safari in Winston, which is south of Roseburg. The doe will be placed in the Children's Petting Zoo and can be seen starting today. So let's let's take a road trip down there. Excellent. Live remote. All right. Uh, yeah. So last night we all experienced the the uh, thunderstorm. I didn't even realize that happened until I heard everybody talking about it. Today. Uh, everyone was talking about it. I, I remember Muppet barking in the middle of the night. But that's I don't remember it at all. Uh, Laura and I bicycled to a place to get dinner last night, and it was uh, it's like we it's like right there we have dinner, and then on the way back it was it was just. It was, it was, it was, it came out of nowhere, just these huge, it was like the chubby rain, just like the huge, massive uh, raindrops. But then it seemed like it stopped. Uh, and then I came in today, and everybody apparently was like loud enough that it was, again, waking up dogs, and it was setting off car alarms. And, do you ever get that thunder that is so close that it makes a car alarm or something go off? And that's where you you really do just feel helpless in the face of nature, because you realize that that can get to just blow apart your house at any moment if it wanted it to. So, was that all over Portland? It must have been. Yeah, man. I, I was up to like 3 in the morning, and I was just, I was drinking and having a great time watching the thunderstorm. There's nothing better than drinking. During a thunderstorm. Seriously, there, that is one of the very small moments in my life when I wish that I, when I wish that I had like the big front porch with the porch swing or whatever, yeah. where you sit out there and you watch the thunderstorm happen. Actually, I watched a thunder and lightning storm like a month ago, and it was amazing. I yeah. mean, just drinking wine, sitting there watching the light show, and feeling the vibration. Yeah, I did uh, one of the great moments of my life. As much as I'm not much of an outdoor guy, uh, was when I lived in San Diego, and there's a place called uh, Sunset Cliffs, and I just and you know there's some cliffs that jut out kind of over the ocean. And a lot of people go there and watch the sunset and, you know, have a picnic or whatever. But I sat there and I was able to, there was a lightning storm that happened out at sea. And, I mean, it seemed like it was really close. It was probably 30 miles away. But sitting there on a cliff just after dark watching a lightning storm happen in the middle of the ocean was, like, one of the coolest things ever. Bonking during a thunderstorm is really great, too. All right, guys, line up. She'll be on the couch. Here's <laughs> Timmy Ryan. Ah, music news. Bad company. They're getting back together. See, here's the thing. Let me just stop for a second. Don't you almost feel compelled now to call Kristen Bowie and ask her what the hideous thing was? Yes. Like, I didn't want to know 
until, A, you refused to tell me, and then Shelley denied that anything even happened. Well, it happened, but let's not go there. I mean, how can we? How can that place not be gone to? And how can? <laughs> Who are we calling? Don't don't call Kristen. Kristen won't tell you. I'm telling you, Kristen Wait, what's won't happening? tell you. I was gonna call Kristen. Bowen. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah. No, it's a sign path because I, I kind of briefly. Well, hold on. Let me let me ask you this: Is this a thing that can be discussed on the no, air? No, it can't be. It, would it be? It's not radio it's friendly. Anything not... can be discussed on the no. air. It can be alluded to. Well, yeah. no, I, this can't be though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you get it. I'm telling you, there's no way to. Let me ask you this: Did this uh, involve? Something going into something. I was going to say no. going into or coming out of something else. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> Does this involve the letter Q? Q. 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 Does this involve the letter Q? No, I don't think so. All right, okay. That's a, what I. That's I mean that's Kristen, all. Kristen, you're not allowed to say. Uh, well, you know, well, but she's going to listen to you. <laughs> Seriously, and that's 40 seconds from now that she'll even hey, hear I that. bought her beer last night. She has to listen to All me. right. Hello. Kristen you... Bowie, this is Rick Emerson. You're on the air. Is that okay? <laughs> yeah, that's fine. All right. Hi. So, Kristen. Hi, Kristen. So, <laughs> pay no attention to Timmy Ryan. Don't don't look at him when before you answer. Look over here. Uh, so, <laughs> here's the thing. I didn't want to know whatever happened last night, but now it's like I feel no, that I have to no. because, A, Timmy refuses to discuss it. Timmy, and you are twitching like a bastard over there. What is your problem? It's like you're having a stroke. Son of a bitch. Kristen, you better not you say. You already told Richie, and you pinky <laughs> swear. He told everybody. He's 37. I didn't pinky swear. Grown men pinky swearing. And then we talked to Shelly, God bless her, who denied. And here's the thing. If if Shelly had said, because I, I respect her. She seems like a good girl. If Shelly had said to us, don't discuss this. And you know that we respect the not for air rule if somebody says that. Yeah. If Shelly had said, I would prefer not to talk about it, please don't mention it, I don't want to know, that's fine. You know, I would, no, no, let's be absolutely clear about that. If she had asked us not to discuss it, that would be fine, that would be the end of the conversation. But it's not just that, it's that she said there is nothing to discuss. She, she said that you are completely fabricating whatever this is. So we're not yeah, violating any... I'm curious about that, too, because one would remember that particular no, thing. It's because she, no, because, you know, Shelly's not a lush, but she had, like, four gin... <laughs> she, had, she had four gin and tonics. Lush, she just blacks out. No, no, she had, like, four gin and tonics last night and a couple of beers, and that's, like, way, way, way over her limit. All right, so so we're not violating any sort of confidence here because she believes there is there is nothing uh, to, to reveal. So let me ask you this, uh, Kristen. Is... Is what he described to you safe for the air? No. I'm sorry? It'd be really hard to make it acceptable for the air. But, but you're a pro. You could do it. I mean, is there some sort of a, 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 an analogy such as a train going into a tunnel? I mean, that's the only one I can what? come up with. Well, you know what I mean. It's well, like how it's like you watch bad movies and just as like as the lovemaking begins, there's a big shot of a train going into the Lincoln Tunnel or something. Let's, um, let's be honest, though. We're talking about women putting a train into a tunnel would be a compliment. So. Oh. <laughs> All right. Uh, so is it some? So let's play twenty questions. So is it some kind of act? Yes. Yes. Is it an accidental act? Uh, no, not at all. Is it? You have to be an active participant to be. <laughs> I don't even really know. Is it okay? Let me understand. Is this is, is this, this a, a, above the neck or below? Um, a little bit of both. Yeah. On her part. On her on, part. On, on, on her both of their parts. <laughs> uh, does this involve a number? I was just going to say. Does this involve nine? Uh, As in no, seven of nine from Star there, Trek. But about maybe maybe about 
I don't even know what that's. That's thirty four point. That would that would involve the nine that you're speaking of. Oh, I see. Thirty four point five. Thirty four point five. Is this painful in any way? <laughs> what no. happened? It's not painful. No, it's, it'd be kind of embarrassing, but not painful. Oh, yeah. Does this involve uh, anything? Uh, um, uh, let's see. How do I? But this is very difficult. Does this involve anything happening faster than it should? <laughs> no. Oh, kind of. No. Yeah. No. Not, not, I, I have to be honest, not on Tim's part. See? <laughs> wow. But, but there, I don't know that much about it, but... I am the Energizer Bunny after Were all. there any... Ew. Please don't ever I'm, say I'm that. I'm sure you are, Tim, but whatever. <laughs> Were there any... Was, was it, just, did it just involved the two people? Were there any other things involved? Any inanimate objects. No, 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 no. The, the dog it involves, wasn't there. It involves someone falling asleep during this specific act. <laughs> oh, wow. Really? Yes. Does it involve Timmy falling asleep? No. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently he was, quote, unquote, sober, which I, I saw Timmy last night, and he was on a road to not be that. So. Okay, so so you're saying that it kind of involves the the, the nine... Yes, uh, but, but perhaps half of maybe nine. one, uh, maybe one half of that wasn't participating as much. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So perhaps. Oh. Oh. Wow. So perhaps did um, one of the people not realize that the other person was? <laughs> is that like? A, did one person wake up and go, "All right, I'm, whoa, whoa, what, oh, what is this?" I, I think in that situation, that would be an appropriate response. <laughs> to wake up and go, "Hey, how did this get? Whoa, wow, where am I?" Who are you? Okay. All right. Excellent. All right. All right. I think I can sort of see the vague reversed, outline of the situation. Reversed. And I think it's just uh, half awake, half not. That's the feeling I'm getting. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, right about to, there. It's good to see that Timmy will just keep going even if the girl's asleep, though. He's he's even if she's unconscious. That's, that's he's all about respect. No, that's not what happened. Actually, that's not what happened. Does it involve? Why does my drink taste funny? I don't know. Just finish it. Oh, what? Wait, was it? Um... Uh, I don't know. We'll have to. What day of the month is it today? Oh, it's the third. Is it? It's yeah. not the twenty-eighth. Is it involved? What? Oh Jesus! All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. No, no, no. It has nothing to do with the, has nothing to do with the day. Nobody was making their monthly donation to the Red Cross? No. No, 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 no. All right, that, okay. Not that. All right, thank you, Kristen. Thanks. All right, there you go. I'm just Bowie, Yeah, I don't, I don't know anything now. I don't now. know what the hell it is. No, not going I have to. nothing. Oh, by the way, this is on a completely separate subject. Uh-huh. And I really do mean that. Uh-huh. Um, so, uh, Susan Reynolds, we had all this discussion about your publicity photo for CBS Radio yesterday, oh, which you no. can see at RickEmerson.com. And I was, uh, you know, I was like, well, is that the one you use for a couple? Susan Reynolds says, I got curious about whether or not couple included Timmy Ryan on the website. Here's the answer. And then it is a picture of you. Uh, but it's not that picture. It is a picture. In this picture, you look, you look, <laughs> you, I don't know, you look strangely swarthy here. It's swarthy. Swarthy, I mean, you, you look sort of... Is it just KUPL.com? Uh, it's, you'd have to direct link to it. Um, That's the old picture for me, like when I had sideburns and that big old rockabilly. It looks like you ought to be sort of like selling an El Camino somewhere. Like, you know, hello, come look at my El Camino. I mean, he did, you know what I mean? 
Oh yeah, that's an old picture. Yeah, that's all right. Anyway, so uh, but but so the the point of this is, he says. Susan says, please now be publicly apologizing to Jason Crump and Vanished Twin Photography for any and all harm caused by the confusion as to who shot the new picture. By the way, the new photos are not yet posted on Couple.com, but the one on there is equally disturbing. So, anyway, so I, I don't think I said that Vanished Twin took those photos. I had sort of speculated about it because they, they have become kind of the in-house photographer for CBS Radio Portland. So, but I now wish to publicly say... Uh, and I will I will amend my blog to say this, that the picture of Timmy Ryan at RickEmerson.com was not, I repeat, not taken by Jason and Aaron at Vanished Twin Photography. Whoever took it, though, was he was a really good photographer. I'm just saying they do not wish to be associated with that picture. They took the Horns Across the Hawthorne photo. They took all. Uh, they take the Rockfest photos, uh, the, the Rock 101 calendar. I don't see what's so bad about that photo. It's just I, me kind of looking up. I mean, I'm just this. saying. I just got my hair cut the other day. Right before I got the picture taken, I cleaned myself up. I shaved. So Jesus, I mean, what more do you want? I'm just making the observation. I'm just making the, making the statement that they, they did not take that. So, okay. okay, Jesus God. All right. Well, let's do a couple more and then we'll break. For the love of all the holy. Yeah, we were talking about bad company. They're they're getting back together, and I'm sure uh, financial reasons because somebody is broke has nothing to do with it. Uh, this is well, but I mean, is it bad company or is it like Paul Rogers well, and the bad companies? Here we go. Who's the lineup? Uh, let's see. Bad Company is getting back together, but frontman Paul Rogers notes it's not for personal reasons. Mm-hmm. Right. He tells Billboard.com that the 70s group will play one show this summer as a way of, quote, protecting the legacy that we have built, end quote. The singer explains that another band calling itself Bad Company is planning to tour under that name. So the original group, famous for the such hits as Feel Like Making Love, Can't Get Enough, and Rock and Roll Fantasy, will play a single concert as a way of, quote, Cementing our right to trademark Bad Company for touring. Oh, do they let the trademark lapse and then somebody else swooped in and is calling themselves Bad Company? I think that's what happened, right. Ah, because you've got to be really careful about that. Because there was like that band Nirvana uh, in California that sued Kurt Cobain and company and they had to settle out of court because they trademarked Nirvana as a band name. So, yeah. Boy, Bad Company. Can I just tell you this? Bad Company is one of those bands. There's nothing really wrong about them. There's nothing... You forgive the pun bad about them. I mean, they're a perfectly serviceable rock band. But once I left adolescence, I've never again had the desire to listen to a bad company song. Right. Except for the song Shooting Star. That's the sole exception, which I love. Uh, this is just a band that you don't ever need to hear again. Uh, and we were talking about this yesterday. That Paul Rogers, who is in many ways, as my friend Todd would say, the ultimate bar band singer, he's almost like somebody designed in a laboratory to be a bar band singer. And he said, here's another thing about Paul Rogers. He's the guy that the average person on the street, I would say if you're under the age of 30, you probably don't know who Paul Rogers is. If you go to the average person on the street, everybody knows Robert Plant or, you know, Eddie Van Halen or somebody. But if you go up to the average person and say, look, do you know who Paul Rogers is? They probably don't know, which is strange when you consider the fact that he sang for Free and Bad Company, Queen and The Firm. So, you know, with Jimmy Page. But, um... But he was the wrong guy to sing for Queen. I mean, in an unbelievable sense. He's the guy at the radio station who has like nine different jobs. That's that's exactly what he is. And he's only part-time. Singer for hire. <laughs> <laughs> he's part-time without benefits. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. Paul Rogers, he's the sort of pinch man. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. Whatever you need. What, what do you need? Uh, we need you for Queen for two gigs. All right, fine. Uh, what about this? Uh, you need to come. Uh, well, we you need, need you to work the overnight shift tonight. Hey, uh, can you go out to a promotions gig? Can you fill in for production? That's exactly what it is. Not Paul, that there's anything wrong with you. Paul Rogers is the perma temp of the rock and roll world. They uh, should have a temp agency for like former rock and roll singers who need a gig, like you know, getting uh, because there's like a, a band 
who are reuniting well, with the lead singer's dead. But I think that but I think that there is though because that's how you why you see those guys like Rudy Sarzo yeah. just touring everywhere or Carmen is it a piece a picha? Yeah. How do you pronounce that guy's name? I think it's a picha. A picha. Uh, that guy and his brother and Vivian Campbell and uh, you know and um Frankie Benali and all those guys who just I mean, did you ever, there's this whole um there is this whole uh, sort of cottage industry of tribute CDs where it's like 80s, like it's like all these 80s glam sort of super group things getting together to cover the songs of who, you know, of, of, you know, whatever. So it's like, you know, a tribute to Nine Inch Nails, bye. And then it's always like Dana Strum and Mark Slaughter and all of those, and Tammy Down and just a bunch of 80s guys getting together. So I think there must be some service like that that exists. And they're all on CMC Records. All right, uh, we should take a break here. We'll come back, we'll reset. Uh, later on in the program, uh, we have... The hell do we have? Oh, we have the top five songs featuring whistling that aren't Dock of the Bay by Otis Redding. Uh, more from uh, Timmy Ryan and uh, the worst song ever. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Your phone calls around the corner. Oh, I was going to play us back with something. You want to pull that down? I know I was going to, too. All what right, were I'll you going to play? I thought we were going to play the same thing. I don't know. You play yours first. Well, I can't get it to load. Then there's like some window open that's playing music. I was going to play two things back to back. What kind of, you know, what, that's what exactly what I was going to bread? And she said, get out of my head. White wheat, sourdough, English muffin bagel. White wheat, sourdough, English muffin bagel. White wheat, sourdough, English muffin bagel. And clearly she had it hold down to like a whole David Mamet-esque like flow. White wheat, sourdough, English muffin bagel. What are my choices for bread? White wheat, sourdough, English muffin bagel. What are my choices for bread? White wheat, sourdough, English muffin bagel. What are my choices for bread? White wheat, sourdough, English muffin bagel. What are my choices for bread? White wheat, sourdough, English muffin bagel. 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 What are my choices for bread? White wheat, sourdough, English muffin bagel. What are my choices for bread? White wheat, sourdough, English muffin bagel. What are my choices for bread? White wheat, sourdough, English muffin bagel. What are my choices for bread? White wheat, sourdough, English muffin bagel. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. A brave man beats a man named Fam with a fan as he wrestles to get out of his hands. I don't understand. Mr. Fam was beaten with a fan. What is going on in this news story? Well, a shooting suspect is badly hurt after he knocked on the door. Well, the man in the bedroom is waiting, and his weapon of choice, an oscillating fan. An oscillating fan. Well, the man in the bedroom is waiting, and his weapon of choice, an oscillating fan. An oscillating fan. Mr. Fan was greeted by a man armed with an oscillating fan. He beats the suspect down the stairs for the oscillating fan. Fam like ham? Right. Okay. Armed with an oscillating fan. Long fan. Okay. The victim of the fan attack. Back up for a second. An oscillating fan. An oscillating fan. Okay. Mr. Dong Fan. Ham with a P in front of it, which makes it a fan. An oscillating fan. An oscillating fan. Okay. An oscillating fan. Mr. Fan and the fan. Mr. Dong Fan. Okay. Genius. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson radio program. Greatest audience ever, really. 
it's 503. It's fantastic. I mean, I, you know, here's the thing. I didn't even know that one. I kind of forgot it existed because I think you mentioned it to me, and then I forgot to look it up. Uh, so I saw the link again last night, and I clicked on it, and I sat there just giggling like a nitwit at my desk. The video is, is well, I'll post the video, too. The video is wonderful because it's got all the accompanying visual aids. All right. Oh, I don't think I saw the video. Oh, the video is great. The video is really, really wonderful. Because if you put subtitles, where it's like, Mr. Fam, hit the man with an oscillator. It's like a follow the bouncing ball kind of a thing. Uh, all right, wonderful. Well, let's do a couple of these calls, uh, then we'll do more news with Timmy Ryan. Uh, then we're going to uh, steal from the onion uh, by doing a what are the five songs that come up randomly on your iPod uh, thing. Uh, let's see what else. Then we'll um, we uh, we got the top five coming up. Uh, top five songs featuring whistling that are not Dock of the Bay by Otis Redding. Oh, and you have to find one, Sarah. It's um. <laughs> <laughs> that. No, uh, Chris Paddock suggested that I don't have it. So. Um, oh, I love that song. That that whole album is actually really good. They, never, they're great artists. I don't think I've ever heard it. Uh, just one of those things. I, Laura listens to them. I don't think I've ever heard it. Oh, so. that song. Yeah, it's awesome. Okay. So, uh, yeah. Well, I need to put that one together. That'll be okay. on it. So we'll do that later on. <laughs> that's random. The oh. one that you wanted me to. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's it's funny. I said it. And that's Chris Paddock. had come up my episode. He's like, have you got blah, 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 blah on the list? And I said, no. But I said, I think Sarah knows it. So uh, let's see. And... Let's see. Uh, what else? It's High Concept Thursday, so we'll do that later. And if we get a chance, uh, we'll do uh, It's the Worst Song You've Ever Heard. We'll do a couple of these calls. Hello, hi. You're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Uh, yeah, so I looked at rickemerson.com, and uh, this is Jesse, by the way. Hello. Uh, and it, Yes, hello. Uh, and it says Timmy Ryan's official radio photograph. And I was talking amongst the voices in my head, and we all decided to call you. Um, why does he look like a serial killer? What, you mean in general or in that photo? Especially in that photo. Timmy Ryan? I, I, I don't think I look like a serial killer, Jesse. Really? With the deep-set eyes and the brooding look and the hair going over, the, what looks like greasy-looking hair going over your eyes and wearing all black and very pasty and it kind of... Well, I'm pasty to begin with. You well, know. Yeah, you're, I know you're a vegan. I understand that. You, know, you need some sun and some protein. No, I get plenty of protein. I eat lots of tofu. But... Um, I don't think I look all that bad. Okay. Once again, the photographer who took our picture, he's a great guy, great photographer, great photographer, took good pictures of, like, a lot, everybody else, apparently. Uh, he just said, do your thing. I said, okay. I just kind of looked down, and he took some pictures of me, and there you go. That's, that's what came out of it. And I don't think it sure. looks that bad. So after being, you know, a part of the show for this, you know, for quite a length of time, yeah. and knowing that uh, Jason Crump from Vanish Twin does such a fantastic job of all the photos that they take, um, you decided to go with some other fly-by-night. I did not. Look, I think, to be fair, I think he showed up, and that was the guy who was there. I was told to show up at a specific date and time. Mm, okay. And I said, all right. And I showed up with a nice new shirt, a haircut from, uh forgot who I got my haircut by. Uh -huh. And I okay. shaved. This is <laughs> so gripping. It, sure. Okay. All right. Thank you, sir. Sure. Thank you. Uh, Take it right by the city jump. Hi, you're on. <laughs> what was that? Yeah, what the Are you quoting something there? <laughs> that guy, the the guy who oh, went on Oh, yeah. Thing, no, 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 that's left. Wait. If I remember that, you're supposed to remember right? that. Right? No, you want to go, no, it's West. You're like, by the fruit stand. He's like, no, actually, it's the city. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot all about that. Hi, uh, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, um, I, I listen, I have nothing to lose or gain by this. Yes. And Timmy Ryan must be a nice guy and, and capable because he's employed and you guys hang out with him and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But Betty, Tim, mm. here's some tough love. The combination of your picture and the stories that you tell and stuff... You know, like I said, you're a nice guy, probably, because I, I live in a Timmy Ryan vacuum, but you're coming off like a creep, bud. 
In what sense, sir? Well, just the, the combination of the picture and then the, the girl falling asleep and all these other little anecdotes that you tell. I'm just saying he, he, he's... I would say Timmy Ryan lives life to the fullest. He drinks deep from the cup of existence, sir. Well, maybe you got to mix some uh, volunteer work in with the uh, Sisters of the Road Cafe in there and, and get that out in front of people. I have to say, I've seen his girlfriend and she's pretty hot, so whatever he whatever he does seems to be working. Yeah, what the hell are you talking about anecdotal? I mean, I'm just... I told somebody something that happened because it was sort of humorous. And that was it. His life is an open book, sir. No, no. Well, I, again, I, you know, I'm, I'm not trying. I'm just saying, you know, out here in the listening world, and I don't talk to you on a casual basis. Uh, the, the 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 continual the, the stories that I hear always have the the sort of the same thread through them. Which are go name them. You know, that's the kind of a porn what, star. What story. does that mean? That means they all have, they all have kind of a semi lascivious nature. I don't think it's semi lascivious at all. Okay, I think he is fully one hundred percent lascivious. Well, then that's coming across, and if that's what you want it to come across, you're doing a good job. I'm just all I'm saying is, out here, and I don't know you. I'm just saying the combination of things is leading me to one opinion where my where. Uh, of, of like who this guy is, you know, and, and which I'm, is what I mean. You're like I, I want to pull. Like, what do you mean? Um, well, like I said, the, the you're well, flailing, sir. Okay, the picture and you feel like he's like sleazy. You feel like he comes is off he as sleazy? sleazy. Yeah. Well, I okay. don't think anybody would dispute that. I think we've said that for the better part of a year and a half. Right, but but you're also probably a nice guy, and there's probably great facets of you out there, <sighs> the wiffle ball aspect and stuff. And you need to get that out there a little bit more too. Just you need to hire a PR picture. person. The company. Oh, so the, what you're saying is that. You know, maybe like more sides of me. I need to be, I need to be explored and exposed. The entire part of me and on the and prodded end. and groped <laughs> and penetrated. Well, All right. Yeah. Well, it, it, uh, as much as you guys want to, and like I said, I'm just, I'm just out here listening, and I. No, it's not that bad. No, I understand, sir. It's just, it's no, not, yeah, I know. What you mean. I, we understand what you mean, but I mean, Timmy is who Timmy is. We would not wish for him to put on a false face to the public. And I just want to point out how you hear me right now is pretty much how I am all the time. That's, uh, that is the great. Here's the thing: the difference. And I mean this life. with all respect. I think your your comments are well taken and probably wow. accurate. But here's the difference. Here's the thing: the difference between and I will not point fingers at other stations specifically, except to say that the difference between uh, this station and I would say most radio stations in most markets in most states. Uh, is that here, like, one doesn't have to pretend to be happy if one isn't, in a good mood if one isn't. One doesn't have to pretend that they work with puppies and kittens in the off hours if they don't. Uh, I would say to a great extent, what you hear on the air is, is, is what you get. Oh, well, then, hey, then more power to you. All right. Thank you, my friend. Have a great day. All right. There you go. Uh, all right. He's not going to be a member of the Tim Ryan. Never going to end. Uh, all right, let's uh, do some news, ladies and gentlemen, with Timmy Ryan. And now, no. from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. I find it funny that Tim Riley's replacement is a vegan Irish guy who grew up on the East Coast and was also Catholic. You know, it's like you're some parallel, you're a bizarro world, Tim Riley. And uh, same name, same initials. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, and about the same height. He, Tim's a little shorter than I am. But... All right, so uh, the Supersonics are not going to be up in Seattle anymore. NBA basketball is headed to Oklahoma City. Do they even play Oklahoma? Uh, they play basketball in Oklahoma. Well, I don't think, but they don't. I don't think there's. Are there any teams? Are there? Is there? Is there a professional sports team of any kind in Oklahoma? No, no. Right. I, I thought they just had like rodeos and tip cows and go drinking with moonshine. Right? I know almost nothing about sports, but I was having a discussion with Court and Fatboy yesterday about how this was sort of inevitable. And then the question is, does this then mean that the Trailblazers are going to leave here and go to Seattle? Uh, and they claim no because Paul Allen has spent too much money building it up here and owns the the, the arena as well. Because he owns does Paul Allen own the Rose Garden? I don't know if he owns the Rose Garden. 
That's but, I, but I think I get he has I think he has a stake in the sure, world, but he doesn't own it. Right. So I guess the theory is that he's the the the, the Trailblazers will stay here. But, but of course, you know, if, if they can make more money up in Seattle, he's going to go with the money. Exactly. All right. Um, anyway, well, let me let me see where are we at. Oh yeah. So uh, it was announced Wednesday night that the ownership group who owns the the Supersonics uh, made some kind of agreement with the city about their buyout. For $45 million, an additional payment of $30 million is due to the city of Seattle, contingent on funding for an arena, and whether they are able to secure an NBA team. So anyway, they're going bye-bye. But the question is, I mean, does Seattle really care about sports in general? I mean, you have the Mariners, which I guess. Well, they, might, I mean, they have three. They have the Mariners, they have the Sonics, and they have the Seahawks. They, so just, don't strike me. They, they just don't strike me as a sports town. Maybe well, I mean, it's here's the thing is, I think that, I mean... You almost have to give it to the people in Seattle for standing by teams that can really never win anything. I mean, you know, I'm a casual sports fan, and even I know that. I remember what I remember the ecstasy that erupted in my in my household growing up when the Seahawks made it into the playoffs for the first time uh, under Chuck Knox. Uh, and so, uh, you know, and of course the Mariners. I mean, enough said. So I can't really speak to the Supersonics, but I mean, it doesn't. Do the Sonics ever win anything? No. No. So, I mean, it's, it is sort of strange that there's parts of the country that are just sort of these sports backwaters where really there's no success to be had ever. So, I don't, who knows? Maybe they can, maybe they, maybe they just don't deserve three teams. Maybe they really, maybe there's really only enough, uh, enough fandom in that city to support like one or two. I so. say bring baseball to Portland, man. Well, they have the Mariners, though. Oh, oh, and, oh, and to Portland. Yeah, we, we really need to get a, uh, a baseball team down here. Yeah, I don't know. I really, I'm so out, I'm so out of my depth here talking about sports. I'm really just making this up as we go along. So I got nothing. All right. All right. Shall we keep on going? Yes. Ah, hey, well we've been talking about it all day, so let's have a penis watch. Here's your penis watch for Thursday on the Rick Emerson Radio Take Program. A look at my enormous penis, and my troubles start to melt away. I take a look at my enormous penis. Everything is going my way. All right, here's the headline. Drink driving. That, that's got to be Does it say drink on. driving? Yeah, but I mean, this comes right. from uh, New Zealand, so maybe they call it drink driving over there. Right. So let me Americanize it. <clears throat> drunk driving, frozen penis, it's Top Gear team in trouble. Uh, an icy Top Gear episode. Apparently, I think this is a TV show down Top there. Gear, uh, Top Gear is a... I, I don't think it's... Is it from Australia? Or is it from? I thought it was from Europe. No. I might be wrong about that. It's from New Zealand. Uh, so okay, yeah. So Top Gear is a racing program, and it has this sort of. It has kind of. Re, it has really cool production values. And the thing about Top Gear is, Top Gear has this driver character, uh, who you know, they, they will do like test driving, driving a lot of cars, and his name is the Stig, and nobody's ever seen him, and so you, he's only ever seen with his helmet on. So they have this whole mystique about the guy who is the driver on Top Gear. Never heard of. Never heard of the show. Probably won't care. No, but it has a frozen penis in it. Because that's always cool. Frozen penises are great. All right. An icy Top Gear episode showing host Jeremy Clarkson and James May drinking and driving has landed the pair in hot water. The Polar Special, which screened in the U.K. last year and in New Zealand last month, featuring the, uh, featured the two drinking gin and tonics while trying to reach the magnetic North Pole. <laughs> I mean, really, what is your danger if you're drinking and driving in the North Pole? I mean, other than inadvertently wandering out into the snow and dying or being mauled by something large and, you know, and, and toothed, it doesn't really seem like there's a whole lot to hit if you're driving on the way to the North Pole. Yes. You can't drive to the North Pole anyway, either. It doesn't make any sense. Maybe in the future you can. All right. Well, All right. You know. um, the BBC Trust was bombarded with a viewer complaints about the episode 
which also screened an image of a frost-bitten penis. Oh. <laughs> uh, that would hurt. Yeah. Yeah, that would suck. Got mine caught in a zipper one time. That was bad enough. ABC reports the show's executive producer defended the pair's behavior, saying they were beyond the jurisdiction of uh, what they called drink-drive laws and were actually in international waters at the time. The trust accepted that neither presenter was drunk or out of control of the vehicle, but said it was not editorially justified in the context of a family show at the time it screened. Could you imagine if there was a frozen, frostbitten penis showed on American TV? Uh, it's, it, well, you know, it's, it's amazing to sort of... Uh, here's the thing about frost. But, I mean, uh, they, I would kind of say that maybe it could pass, because like, they show the surgery shows with, like, boobs yeah, and stuff. It's all, it is whether it is uh, shown for what they call prurient interest. In other words, if the, if the motivation for showing it is medical... Or if the motivation for showing it is, uh, you know, for, for the purposes of arousal. And I really don't think anybody's getting aroused by a frostbitten penis. So, this is bad. What do you, uh, did oh, you yeah. see that? No, we'll talk about that in a oh, second. Oh, jeez. So I don't believe anybody's showing a frostbitten penis for the purposes of, like, getting anybody all aroused and whatnot. And by the way, frostbite is a thing that really, it's not like I'm ever in danger of suffering from it because I try to never leave the house. But frostbite seems like a uniquely bad thing to have happen to you. Uh, it's like you see any of those, like, if you're watching Discovery or anything, you read those... You know, like the things about the guys who climb Everest. And the great thing about those guys who climb like the Himalayas or whatever, and then they have these accidents, they always, like they're always just moments away from death, but one of them is always stopping to take a lot of photographs of the disaster as it happens. Yeah. Yeah, here's Bob, lost for the snow in three days. He's lost both his hands at the wrist. Wave for the camera, Bob. And then it's Bob, like, holding it like the blackened stumps where his hands used to be. So, all right, well, in any event, there's your penis watch for uh, Thursday on the Rick Emerson Show. Take a look at my enormous Yeah, so if you look at certainly my uh, space profile, and perhaps Timmy Ryan's, somebody has modified the, to catch, the dateline to catch a predator, uh, like the sort of graphic. And they just they they photoshopped out one of the sex offenders and and put in your face. So that's genius. And the thing is, it doesn't look out of place at all. It does not. It really doesn't. I mean, if you didn't know, if you didn't know any better, and they showed all these to catch a predator, uh, guys. You know, can I just tell you? Does anybody here watch To Catch a Predator? Yeah, it's a great show. Here's it's such a deeply satisfying show because you know the deal is they set up these sting operations for pedophiles or would be uh, alleged pe- pedophiles, guys who have these uh, online chats with children. Uh, you know, are very young teenagers at all, like, so, stay home, I'll be right over. You know, these are like horrible, creepy guys. And the deal is they set up these these stings, and then when, when you know, when, when the alleged would-be pedophile knocks on the front door, uh, like, he'll come in and basically there's, like, the Dateline crew, like, hey, hi, pedophile, you're on camera. So it is kind of, it's just sort of seeing people done in by their own stupidity. The greatest thing, the most satisfying thing about To Catch a Predator is... That when the dudes walk in and suddenly out comes the camera crew and the man, uh, and they all get the same look where they kind of go, what the, Ugh. and they sort of look down because they've all seen the show. That's what's so great about oh, it. Oh, really? Is you can t- because I would imagine, I mean, it seems to me, I mean, you always hear about like serial killers who who uh, who k- k- keep scrapbooks or they they collect or serial killers. They always say that ser- when they whenever that they would bust a serial killer and they go through their possessions, that the thing they find in a serial killer house is they always find collections or books or writing about other serial killers because it's like a thing that has some perverse appeal to them. So you got to figure that that's what happens with these pedophile guys. Is the pedophile guys all watch to catch a predator, and so they clearly like. 
they, 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 like they, like we always say, every time, every time we have one of these stories, it's the same thing where the guy is like, well, I thought it was going to be a 14-year-old, then it was an FBI agent who clubbed me into a paste, and it's all, what do we say? It's always an FBI agent. Mm-hmm. There is no 16-year-old hot cheerleader that wants you to come over to her house. It's always a cop, and these guys probably would know that better than anybody because they're always watching Dateline and so, but they're such idiots. Uh, thank God, that they always go over to the house, they walk in, out comes the to-catch-a-predator staff, and they always just get that look on their face like, ah, crap, because they know exactly what's happened. I'd like to point out, though, that uh, I hate child predators. I'm a big fan of the show. Going out on a limb. No, no, I'm just going to tell you this right now. I mean, like, that's something that would never even cross my mind of doing. So don't look at it and be like, yeah, he belongs in there, because I'm... There's nothing worse to me than actually harming a child. The, that the graphic of Tim Ryan as a sex offender is not real. It's not. I'm. I'm. I'm actually for the. I was not photographed I'm, by Vanished Twin. I am for a life sentence for the death. I'm, I'm against the death penalty. I'm normally, but I think basically, if you do something like that to a kid, rape a kid, that you should get the death penalty. Well, that's what makes. And I don't watch that show a lot for the same reason that it's like that to tell the truth show or whatever it is. What is the moment of a truth? A moment of truth. Yeah. Where it's just so you watch it and it's like, it is equal. It's equal parts satisfying and then just. And then sort of just curdling. You it's know, just sad because you look at humanity and it's like, look what you're willing to do, what you're willing to throw away for $200,000. I gambled away your college fund on, on the horses in Vegas. I'm sorry. Um, so, But that's the thing with The Catch a Predator where you, you watch it and it's so it's gratifying to watch it just long enough to sort of have it confirmed to you that the biggest cause of criminal undoing is their own stupidity. There is something sort of comforting about that, that they're not really as bright as we sometimes think they are. All right, here's uh, Timmy Ryan. Okay. Let's talk about Alex Rodriguez. Isn't he the guy making like ten bajillion dollars a year? Uh, yeah, the guy from the Yankees. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, he's not going to have all of it for too much longer. He's getting dumped by his wife. What a surprise! 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 C Rod. That's his uh, A Rod. Yeah. No. 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 C Rod <laughs> has dumped A Rod. Oh, his wife. does she have a nickname as well? I like that. C-Rod. Could the three of us be any more useless when talking about sports? No. (laughs) The only reason I even care about this story is because, this is just a legend, because the allegation is that he's getting dumped because he was porking Madonna, who I guess was dumping Guy Ritchie, who blah, 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 blah. So that's the only reason I really care about it. But in any event. Yeah, let's see. Thank you, star Alex Rodriguez and his wife Cynthia have split after about three months of problems in their marriage. A source of knowledge of the situation told the Daily They split Theater. after three months. Well, well, like, way to well, stick it out. Good for you. Really, way to work at it. a hard time. <laughs> and I love this. Word of the breakup comes a day after widespread reports that the bomber's $275 million cleanup hitter has been rounding the bases with pop icon Madonna. That's just something I don't want to think about. And that's really honest. Look, I know that there are a lot of people who really love Madonna. Don't get me wrong. I love Madonna's music. I really do. But at this point, I it, I don't understand how Madonna would be at the top of anybody's catch list right now. I mean, it just, you know what I she mean? She looks I, old. I, that's the thing. She, she like, appears old. And it's, uh, that's the thing. And it's not even that she is older. I have no problem with older women, older whatever. They it, make beautiful lovers. It's that... Uh-huh. It's 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 just that she looks bad. I mean, and maybe I'm just seeing the wrong photographs of her. Maybe there's a whole another 50-year-old Madonna that I don't get to see that only A-Rod knows. But I but she looks haggard at this point. That's I think the problem. Um I think the problem with a lot with, of miles written on her. Well, the problem with Madonna, I think like a lot of people is, and we were saying this the other day, there comes a certain tipping point where the aesthetic cost of trying to look young exceeds the benefit that you're getting. 
There comes a certain because you know there comes a certain point when if you just act your age and look your age, you're going to look better than somebody who is 50 trying to look 20. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that never really works effectively. I mean, not everybody is Susan Sarandon. You just uh, you know. So all right. Anyway. So there you go. There's that. All right. Ah, so we already had a man giving birth today, sort of. Something else happened. This is, uh, I think this is a record. A 70-year-old Indian woman has become the world's oldest mom after giving birth to twins. <laughs> oh, oh. Ah, could you imagine the doctor having to deliver that? No. Mm. That would suck. Okay, um, Omkari Panwar, the wife of a retired farmer, delivered a boy and a girl by C-section on Friday. I think they're talking about last Friday. The frail pensioner who has two adult uh, daughters and five grandchildren, underwent IVF treatment to produce a male heir to the family's small holdings. Her husband, uh, Sharan Panwar, who's 77, mortgaged his land, sold his buffaloes, spent his life savings, and took out a credit card loan to finance the treatment. <laughs> and even then, you're still 50-50 shot, isn't there? Yes, right. exactly. Please say it's, it was a girl. Please say it was a girl. Please say it was a girl. A girl and a boy. Uh, uh, is there a picture of the woman? The 70-year-old woman who gave It kind of looks like Madonna, actually. <laughs> Let me see. Looks like Madonna. She was Indian. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. All right. That is, as Patton Oswalt would say, that's uh, in defiance of God's law. All right. Oh. Uh, by yeah. the way, the Sonics won the NBA championship in 1979. Uh, the Seahawks have been in the playoffs since 2002. Uh, so the Mariners are usually a good team. They've made it, they've made it to the playoffs four out of the last 13 years. Also, Top Gear, uh, this, uh, so I was right about this, Top Gear is a British show. Uh, there's a Top Gear USA coming to NBC this next season uh, with Adam Carolla. All right, let's do one more, and then we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll do, uh, we'll do uh, uh, Timmy Ryan's iPod Shuffle. Uh, we'll do the Top 5 High Concept Thursday and all that. Uh, here's uh, one more. Rick Emerson, I'm, I'm in the mood for a clergy watch. All right, here's your clergy watch for Thursday on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Oh, I guess Oh, speaking of uh, of this song, so I got text messages all last night from Joni DeRoshi, who was uh, up seeing George Michael uh, in concert in Seattle, which is apparently fantastic. Uh, she sent me any number of messages all throughout the show, just saying it was like the best thing she'd ever seen. So, oh, that's awesome. Anyway, good for him. Here's Timmy Ryan. All right. Sydney brothels say Pope's visit will give business a leg up. As Sydney prepares for a visit by Pope Benedict, what is it, 16th? Yeah. 15th? No, well, because it's XVI, so that's what, that's what XVI, be... 16, yeah. yeah. Pope Benedict the 16th and hundreds of thousands of Catholics. The city's brothels are readying themselves for an unexpected surge in demand for sex. Yeah, that's always a time to get when... I can't, I, I can't say the word I was going to say, so I'm just going to skip it. Uh, anytime Australia's biggest city hosts a major event, from the 2003 Rugby World Cup to the Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation Summit last year, it's boom time for the sex industry, the insiders say. Yeah. Oh, speaking of... This reminds me, by the way... Uh, somebody sent me a list. I think I have it here. Somebody sent me a list of all of the houses of prostitution that legally operate within, I think it was like 200 miles of Las Vegas or something. Oh, that's genius. We need to bring Richie in here after the break. Yeah, because somebody, because they were saying that, the, and again, we've interviewed Dennis, what's his name, from the Bunny Ranch a long time ago on the show, so it's nothing against that guy, but they were saying that the problem is that everybody... That, that that's that because that place has such a high profile that people and because they did the show on HBO the whatever it is that the reality show with that Isabella Soprano woman that everybody thinks that the Bunny Ranch is the only is the only game in town that they, the people think it's the only place you can go and they don't realize 
So it's sort of the Starbucks of whores, and, and people think that that's where you have to go, and they don't realize there are a lot of other brothels that are closer and that are cheaper and where they say that the women are actually uh, more attractive. They need to have a Walmart of whores. Well, but I think – well, they have those – They I can th- have a whore mart. Never mind. See, now I have a joke I can't say. Let's take a break. Back after yeah. this with more. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. Don't go anywhere. That's fantastic. Oh, like. What is that thing? What is that Judd Nelson line? What is that Judd Le- Nelson line in the Breakfast Club? You know how your parents say they used you to get back at each other? Wouldn't I be outstanding in that capacity? <laughs> All right, enough said. Hey, it's the uh, Rick Emerson Radio Program. Come along, won't you please? And laugh, laugh, laugh. Uh, it's 503 uh, So heading into the uh, 4th of July weekend. Don't forget, we'll be here tomorrow uh, doing our annual Christmas in July show. Oh, by the way. So... Are we singing? Well, yes. Uh, so, um... So that's, I was going to ask you that, uh, so are, are you available to, to lay down a little bit of a, a, a thing today, Sarah? Today? <clears throat> could you do that today, or could uh, we yeah, could could do, do it, it tomorrow today. morning, I suppose. So uh, Do be... I know, do, would I be able to? Is this a song I have to learn? Or is it uh, I think it's a song you would probably, uh, so I'll just say, so, uh, you know, every Christmas we do something. We have the, the, the Behind the Christmas. Last year we did Ebenezer, I Barely Knew Her. So tomorrow for our Christmas and July show, um... We will be uh, hopefully having a little bit of a Christmas production, just a small Christmas production. It's going to be a song. Uh, and I, it's, you know, it's just, I'll say it's nothing groundbreaking. It's a parody song because, like, a billion other radio stations funny. do. It's, I would say it's amusing. It's, just, it's <laughs> to a song you know. Um, let's see. Is it? Is it? Um, it's. Uh, it took a lot of work. It took, it took a lot of work to find an actual back track. It's that song? <laughs> so it's a parody of that. So um, and so I you just do a couple oh, lines yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, you told me. So you know that. So I have the lyrics and the everything, and we've got it. He found an instrumental that's really going to work Is well. Is it high? Um, I don't My think friend? so. I think no. I think it's a pretty because it was it was written for um, to accommodate uh, all kinds of singing. Right. What? So I would imagine it's pretty easy to okay. it's pretty easy to sing. So I, probably the three of us and then whoever it's else. Like we can D. It sounds like it's D. D or C. Whatever. I, so I think you're, I don't think it's going to be an issue. So uh, yeah, we'll pull that after the show and have you lay down a couple lines for it, and then we'll uh, the, through studio wizardry. Uh, we'll somehow get the rest of it ready. So the goal is to have that for tomorrow. All right. Uh, so don't forget we are hilarious. we are here tomorrow. Yes, for our annual uh, Christmas and July show. So we'll have that. Uh, we'll have uh, Ebony's I barely knew her uh, behind the Christmas uh, and more. It's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Here's what's coming up this hour. Still, we have to do high concept Thursday. Uh, top five, top five whistling songs. Which I actually still have to write. I got them all, but I got to write it out. Uh, top five songs featuring whistling that are not Otis Redding's Dock at the Bay. Uh, we'll talk to. Oh well, let's let's do this before we do anything else. Let's talk to Richie for just a second, and then we'll then we'll do uh, Simi Ryan's iPod Shuffle. Richie Bristol, can you join us in the studio? That would be fantastic. I'm sorry, I forgot that. Richie Bristol, can you join us in the studio, please? Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Hello. Yeah, would you guys like to? Uh, well, actually, I inadvertently learned where some horror houses are in Portland. I'd like to hold on. Let's hold on. Let's like stop. Know. Okay, let's stop for a second. Uh, could you speak just just a shade slower, please? I'm having a little trouble understanding you. Oh, sorry. I'm just kind of nervous whenever I call you. That's okay. Don't worry about it. Breathe. Okay, in through the nose, out through the mouth. Okay. Thanks, Rick. Yes. Well, I inadvertently learned where uh, a couple of horror houses are in Portland. Let's not be let, let's not identify them on the air location wise. Anywhere on Southeast Eighty Second. Would you? Do, why? Well, okay. <laughs> Everyone knows the horror houses. No, I was just going to say. Just, 
All right. Let's. So let's. How did you inadvertently discover where whorehouses are? Well, I was just walking along one day. That seems like appointment viewing. Well, Burnside downtown. It's a lingerie shop, is what they call it. <laughs> And you're supposed to be able to get a show, if you know what I mean. I know what that is. I think I know what you mean. Okay. No. <laughs> you mean where he got hired? Uh, uh, well, I thought maybe are you accepting down. applications? I'm looking for a job. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, um, all right. Did I just get bleeped? Yeah. No, because I, I think that never happened. Lacking context. <laughs> I got bleeped twice yesterday. We, we like kept referring to the... Um, Financial institution that um, was not helpful to me when I lost when my car was stolen. Identifying her bank. How many times have I gotten bleed today? Twice. Once. Well, actually, you've said three different things, but once. Once it was they were two of them were so close together that one bleep took care of it, uh, and then I bleeped you again later. Yeah, but nothing I said was illegal, was it? No, but we're you know we're much more conservative uh, about on this station. We're a family show. Well. We're a family station. Yes, the Manson family. We're safe for the little ears. Uh, we're much more conservative on this station, I think, than a lot of. I, I hear. I mean, not. I'm just all over. I mean, you know, I've lived in a lot of places, listened to radio in a lot of places, and I've learned that we are actually much more conservative than a lot of people uh, on the radio. So conservative just, that James Dobson will be joining the programming lineup. Exactly. He'll be our guest commentator. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Rick, sir, I'm Tim. How are you doing? Hello. Hi. How are you? This is good. Um, because of the story about the man named Sam and his fam, yes, I was able to go to the Earth, Wind, and Fire Jam as only they can. You are the man, Mr. Emerson. Ha! But you thought I'd say Sam. And goodbye. Oh, that was really lame. And that I'm out. Awesome. <laughs> okay. Forget noises, Andy. Uh, I do. Hello, Richie Bristol. Richie. Hi. How are you today? All right. Uh, all right, so I looked through my email and I, I can't I can't find this uh, at at the moment. But this guy sent me a list of all of the legally operating operating brothels within whatever that county is within however you know uh-huh. however many miles. So this so you're not set on going to the Bunny Ranch, are you? No, I was like all the other people, like you said that 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 I thought that was it. I I thought I, I thought they were all in Perump, like no. 45 <laughs> minutes. I can't believe the place is called Perump. I love Perump. It's like 45 minutes from Vegas, and I thought they, that's where they all were. So can you just, like, Google brothels? Uh, I think probably. Uh, Timmy, have you seen some of these girls that Richie was looking for? Did oh. you see the strawberry? Did you see the Neapolitan? No. Wait, okay. Do you have a menu? No. So here's the thing. So so uh, so uh, Richie, uh, in a few weeks, is going to be going to Vegas, and then as a sideline, wants to visit a legal uh, brothel. Yeah. Uh, and so his goal is to have, well, you said to have Neapolitan? Yes. Strawberry, chocolate, and vanilla. And then the, But the chocolate is... Is that a is that a black woman or is that just a brunette? It could be brown. Could be either. But I want real chocolate. I don't even know what real chocolate means. Is that Cho- chocolate love? You don't just want to. You t- want a black woman. You don't just chocolate. want a really okay. tan white girl. Yeah, well, I, right, I, cho- I want real chocolate. You, you know who says that a lot is Clyde. Clyde's all about that chocolate love. Uh, all right, so here's the. What's bl- the county that the brothels are in? I think is it Clark County? No, no, no. Clark County's where it's illegal because that's Vegas. So I don't really know what the county is. Do you know what the county is by chance? Perump. Is it, but that's not the county. That's no, a city. I don't know. No, it's not Clark County because Clark County is Las Vegas. Uh, okay, so in Washoe County. That or, could no, that's illegal. I'm sorry. Continue. Uh, that's what I was just going to say. So, Timmy, here are the three girls that Richie had had sort of tentatively picked. Am I judging them? So there's there's the vanilla. Uh, there's the, that's the white girl. See, and some of these girls look better in black and white than they do in person. Yeah, you already know that's covering up some zits. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and a lot of it is like all about the right camera angle and. 
So uh, here is uh, here's this uh, this girl. This is the chocolate. So I can't quite tell what what she is. But I didn't know that prostitution was legal in Rhode Island. She looks like one of the Pointer Sisters. I don't think that's true in Le- in Rhode Island. Nevada really? is one of only two U.S. states that allows some legal prostitution. Um, in Rhode Island, the act of sex for money is not illegal, but street solicitation and operation of a brothel is. All right then. Hmm. Good you for should them. just go to Rhode you Island. You should just go to Rhode Island. I don't even. Can I tell you? I don't even know where Rhode Island is. It is small. It's over there. It's a small. <laughs> it's over on the wall by the Barack Obama <laughs> shirt. Uh, okay, so that's the so that's the chocolate girl right there, the pointer sister. All right. So, but she's. Would you say that she's attractive? No. No. What really? Maybe back in the like somebody in the eighties might have found Hold her. Hold on, let me see. She looks like one of the pointers. Are you saying this girl's that this girl's not attractive? Yeah, I don't find her attractive. Sarah, you're weird. She looks. Like uh, a I think sister. she's pretty, but she yeah, there's something a little like um, I think she, about her. I think she looks like a black Jenna Jameson. I really do. Really? Yeah. I, I mean, think not now. She looks now. like a, a black guy that like was made into a woman. <laughs> oh no, not that. <laughs> All right, but, uh, but seriously, she might like that. But seriously, check this out. Check out the redhead. Let's All right. <laughs> Walking Petri dish. Yeah, you know what that girl looks like? Look at that woman right here. I don't think that's what it says, but here's the thing about it. Here's what that woman looks like. You know what that woman looks like there? Okay, Timmy, watch. That woman. That's who you want, Richie? This is who no, you're going to spend money on? That's... And let's leave her shirt out of it, but let me say this. You know what that woman looks like? I, I told Sarah, that woman right there, that redhead, this is if... If Peg Bundy was not a TV character, but a real person. Oh, Jesus. Like, this is what Peg Bundy would actually look like. So, in any event. Richie, so, dude, no. Yeah, so, we're going to... But, but and see, and that's the thing. You're paying for this. I mean, out of all three, I mean, if I were to have, like, put it to one of them, it would be the blonde. I'm not usually into blondes, but... But, I mean, but relatively speaking. Now, when you pulled these three pictures of the girls, are these the three hottest you found? That's... No. In each category? Close. In other words, like the for redhead. each category, these are the, these are the, like the best you could do. No, redhead is. There, there's so many up. hotter blondes too than the ones. I mean, because she's pretty, but that brunette girl we saw the other she's day. Yeah, like five foot. <laughs> Richie, right. do they have like a pay by the minute thing so you don't waste your money? Because <laughs> I mean, let's just say you can go for an hour, but let's just say you go for like 25 seconds. Well, that's actually a good question. So is it you are paying? By the hour, and we'll have to walk carefully through these next few moments. But if you are paying, if it's by the hour, is that uh, however many times that something happens in the hour is fine, or is it just like is it is it one hour or one blank, whichever oh. whichever happens? Could be first. like cash cab. Where the meter's it's exactly. Running. It's like the cash cab. The money, the meter's running, but you got like three questions, and you got to make it through. <laughs> if you're you, the cash cab of hookers, if you get it wrong, you're Kicked out. For, for your case, Richie, hopefully they have like a pay-by-the-second version of this thing. Yes. All right. So there you go. Uh, well, we'll, we'll... Okay, so it's Story County. I've been looking for this. And there are over 30 brothels. See, that's what I'm saying. So uh, so I wonder if there are... Um... And there's, there's, there's a small chicken ranch. And you can like go up to a bar and bu- and hit a buzzer, and all the girls will come out, and you can pick one. Instead, it varies some, like between 100 and like $300. For half an hour. For really? half an hour? What? Yeah. That's We're... not bad. Between a hundred and three hundred dollars. Okay. That's a good deal. I mean, if you're into the experience. I'll take ten. Well, you know what? You know what? You know what? You, you know what you hear about sometimes? Like you hear about those uh, like uh, like porn stars who of a certain level, probably not like not at the Jenna Jameson level, but you hear about those porn stars who will go to a place like this. They'll go to I don't know if they do it escorting or if they go to a brothel or whatever. And I mean, and they charge like a, a staggering amount of money. It's like fifteen hundred, two thousand dollars, because they know that there are dudes who have seen them uh, in a movie 
or guys who or guys who want to say that they had sex with a porn star. And so you'll get some, you know, some mid-level porn actress that will go out and they'll charge like 1500 bucks for an hour because they know that there's some guy that's just got like a mental checklist in his head of like sleep with porn star checked off the list. Oh, so, I mean, yeah. that's so 100 to 300 bucks for half an hour is not that's not so terribly bad, like in the grand scheme of things. No, so take right. four or five. Yes, so. there are a ton of these. If you even go to Wikipedia and it says list of brothels in Nevada. Is that true? There's Nevada? a full Wikipedia with all like links to. And do they have websites? Yeah. All right. So there's in the county. So there's Churchill County, Elko County. Oh, Elko, Elko County. That explains a lot, actually. I knew a stripper one time that would, oca- that would occasionally leave to go, as she put it, work in Elko County. Oh. And I always assumed she was just dancing, but perhaps it was private dancing. Dancer for money. Do what you want me to do. Uh, all right. You know what I can't find is that Kevin Blechton CD that we used to have that had that uh, use your heart for a telephone and then you'll never be alone. That I lost it. Can't find it anywhere. Uh, all What's right. His name Kevin Blechton. Kevin Blechton Blechton, but I think it's a woman. Uh, all right, so let's just quickly go down the uh, the list here. You have this uh, this menu from the Bunny Ranch, which I think is now sort of pointless because you're probably going to end up going somewhere else. Some of these we can't say on the air. Uh, okay. So the, the first one on the list was the girlfriend experience. And so I thought the girlfriend experience was code for just flat-out, plain, ordinary male-female relations. But is that not true? No, I think you bring your girlfriend and she gets her first experience. I think I saw it on HBO, actually. I don't think that's what that means. Yeah, they had a girlfriend. She He brought her in. The girlfriend I I experience. And I, I don't like the term girlfriend experience because when I think of girlfriend, that means she's going to bitch at me and not do it. <laughs> the girlfriend experience is where she, <laughs> she won't put out and she tells you to clean the car. Right. Or drinks too much and passes out. <laughs> right. <laughs> what? Nothing. <laughs> hey, is that wrong? Wow, with that? You just, wow Timmy just fell out. You punched Richie wow. just now. I know you wow. did. He just alluded to, he alluded to what happened. What? No, I didn't. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. Uh huh. You just admitted it. Jesus. All right. I yeah, you did, Timmy. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, really, that was that was okay. All right. Uh, son of a bitch. Let's see. Bachelor party, orgy, dungeon, 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 dungeon and dragons. VIP room. Uh, champagne party, pamper party. Pamper. Oh, it's a pamper party. That sounds like a diaper thing. Yeah. Yeah. I bet it is. I bet that's exactly what that is. Mommy. Uh, <laughs> wow. Did you, did you really you just do that? Is she doing baby fantasies? I'm I sorry. really. I mean, that sounds wrong. Not baby fan. You know what I mean? No, I know what you mean. Where it, it, the uh, adult in infantilization, I believe they call that. Because mm-hmm. uh, that's the thing. Remember, there was that promo that ran for the longest time, but there was that guy in the Springer show that did that. Oh, I remember. Uh, where he had the, the wife who pretended to be the mom and the whatever. You know what show is awesome? Is Cheaters. I used to watch that every morning until they moved it or canceled it. Yeah. And they had a, a, a lot of the baby men. Yeah. So, oh, Richie, no. would you ever wear a diaper? Would you ever wear a diaper? Uh, no, but... Have you? Have what you? three women could get you to do? Have you? That's a whole other story. Have you ever worn have a diaper? You? Not a diaper, but probably worse, but I don't really want What have you worn? What would be worse? Three girls getting me into the bathroom and do things. Wait, hold on. Let's stop. Everybody quit <laughs> talking right now. Oh, no. I don't want to even go there. Uh, what happened to you in a what, what? Seriously, is this... Uh, let's... Are you... I don't even know how to ask. So... You and three girls in a bathroom. Uh huh. This happened. Yeah. And uh, w- did were there um, bathroom activities that took place? Yeah, they three girls. We were at an after hours party. Be very careful here. Very careful. They coaxed me into going. They coaxed you. Did they coax you into the bathroom, or did they coax you? They coaxed me, or they tricked me. I didn't know it was a trick. They tricked me into going in the bathroom with them. 
How did they trick how did, you? How do girls trick you into going into the bathroom with Hey, we want to do this. You you come with us. And I'm oh, like, is it a bait and switch? Do they want to give you an application? Okay, here, do this. <laughs> <laughs> no, and then they... I like that. Let's, let's use that from now on. Uh, basically, they... Did they did they lead you into the bathroom with the promise that, that they were going to get it on? Yeah, basically. Okay, and so you follow... This is a bathroom right at a club? No, this is after hours. But I mean, like at somebody's house? Or, uh-huh. Okay. At a house party. Uh, and and so then you follow these three girls into the bathroom. How long ago was this? Uh, 19... No, 2001. Okay. Uh, so... And then so you follow the three of them into the bathroom. They pull me into the bathroom. They pull you into the bathroom. Uh-huh. And then... We had uh, special vitamins. Wait, what does that mean? Is that were you doing like e? Viagra? Were you know how like e? you hear something? Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> she was like, you know how like yes. Special vitamins. Special vitamin. I didn't know what that meant. I thought maybe vitamin E, like a Viagra. Uh, <laughs> vitamin E. Um, but you so know you're how, on ecstasy. Uh, when you're doing medical procedures, sometimes you take it orally, or sometimes. Wait, hold on. Let's. Are you saying? That sometimes you're saying that, that you know, oh God. the vitamins were not. Like Shelly, like Timmy thought that Shelly came in through the front door last night when in fact she came in through the back door. Yeah. You're saying that the medication was not administered orally. Right. Wow. Oh my God. Are Did that even, I mean, but that whole, was it in pill form? Uh huh. Well, that wouldn't even, I wouldn't even think that would work. Suppository. Yeah, suppository. No, we're not going to discuss the sensitivity of that part of your body. Oh, no. Well, fortunately, they're pretty spread out. It's all medical. Okay. No, it's fine. We should just. <laughs> He's all grounded. Even Muppet doesn't like this story. Jesus. So, but that's not. I mean, did how, did you handle that, or did one of them handle it? Kind of all of us. But they, were all, they got me to That's a lot of hands. That's eight hands, dude. They turned off the lights and said, here, well, I'll tell you what. If you take the medicine like this, then we'll let you help us take the medicine like this. All did they, let me, let me ask this. Did they also. Was this a cruel trick? Did they, <laughs> yes. If you, we're all going to come to school tomorrow with our heads shaved. You start. Yes, and uh, I shaved my head, basically. Did you did did they uh, allude to the fact that they would also take the medication in a non-oral fashion? Yes, with my help. With your help. Which is did that right. happen? Uh, I took the medicine, and the then? lights went off, thinking, now it's my turn. The door opened, I turned on the light, and it was me by myself. <laughs> <laughs> Honed. All right. Uh, but then, but then you're on ecstasy by yourself at a house party. That'd be weird. No, they just took it like regular people, I guess. But I mean, and they all laughed at me as they laid down my stomach on the floor because it's because you were high. Because you were in pain. Because you were in no. pain. Was it a I big, didn't want to. Was it a big vitamin? Did you not want the? You wanted the vitamin to uh, stay put to work yeah. its way. I didn't want to spill my drink. <laughs> <laughs> wow, uh, that can mean like nine different things at this point. What is? What has it become of us? Timmy Ryan, I blame you. You bring this energy to the show. Delaney and all of her coworkers are listening to that. Hi. This show is really weird. Yeah, these conversations wouldn't be happening. all day. These conversations wouldn't be happening if Tim Riley was in the room. That is that is true. All right. That is true. Well, let's take a break. We'll come back. Uh, we'll uh, find out what's on Timmy Ryan's uh, iPod, and then we'll do the top five. Top five whistling songs of all time that are not Dock of the Bay uh, by Otis Redding. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. Don't go anywhere.
It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. All right, so I'm just putting the finishing touches on this top five. I haven't written it out yet. Uh, so we got the top five whistling songs that are not uh, Doc of the Bay, submitted by listener Larry, with some input from Sarah Dillon and Chris Paddock. Uh, so we'll get to that here in just a few. Like us at three. Like us one-on-one at five. Michael Mara Show at 7. Don't forget, we're here tomorrow doing our annual Christmas in July show featuring uh, Ebenezer, I Barely Knew Her, uh, behind the Christmas, a selection of Christmas music favorites, and uh, another small Christmas production that we're going to try to get done uh, today. Let's do a, a few news stories, and then we'll uh, move on. This is Timmy Ryan. And now, though, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Okay, all of our prayers and hopes and dreams are about to come true because Shannon Doherty is going to be... In a 90210 spinoff. Yay! Yeah, she must be broke, like all of them. Access Hollywood has reported that the former Scare Tactics host is in talks. Scare Tactics? I don't even know what it is. Yeah, she was on the show Scare Tactics. And she has these huge teeth. They're <laughs> <laughs> totally distracting. Yeah. She's in talks to uh, reprise the role of Brenda Walsh, a Minnesota teenager transplanted to Beverly Hills, California, in the original series, which ran from 1990 to 2000. Going back to the well. Yeah. It is unknown how her more mature character would fit in on the show, titled only 90210. Though it uh, has already been announced, Garth's will have become a guidance counselor and Spellings will have become a boutique owner. So there you go. That's it. That's all you got? Yeah, I mean, you know, with, with Shannon Doherty. I'm not, I'm not really listening right now because I'm typing out this top five. Oh, no, that's okay. Why is it that every TV show... That sucked back then is now coming back in oh. one form or another. Well, it just be, I mean, but you're not the target demographic for for nine hundred two one. You've got yeah, you've got to respect it. That's not. I mean, that's not your deal. Yeah, but whose whose deal is that? Uh, teenage Sarah. girls everywhere. Yeah, I was gonna say Sarah and, and everybody. Don't want to feel that that old. It's gonna be terrible. All women Sarah's age. Uh, yeah. Um. Oh, Ed McMahon. <laughs> yes. That was the worst Ed McMahon impression ever. Yeah, I wasn't even gonna comment <laughs> on it because yes. it was that actually was sort of stunning. All right. That, that was really bad. That's really bad. Or even more cliche. That's some weird, wild stuff. How many DJs have done Shut that? Please microphone. stop doing these things. <laughs> stop All right. talking. All right, fine. I'll just read Let's the... move on with the story. All right. The financial woes continue for TV personality Ed McMahon. TMZ reports McMahon and his spendthrift of a wife, Pamela, have been hit with another lawsuit filed by Mickey Fine Pharmacy of Beverly Hills. The pharmacy says the McMahons owe roughly $8,200. McMahon is reportedly $644,000 behind on mortgage payments for his $4.8 million home. You ever notice that when somebody gets hit for a big lawsuit or can't afford to pay things, like everybody comes out of the woodwork because it's oh, no, acceptable? That's, that's exactly the thing, right? You know, you always hear about the one the one big debt they owe, and then it's just like so many uh, tsetse flies. I'm sure, I'm they sure just that, descend on you. I'm sure, like, you know, the this pharmacy probably felt bad and before. Like, ah, let's just kind of write it off. Right. Now that everybody else is going after them, they think well, it's fair and, game. And plus they know that with every uh, with every additional debt that is, you know, that is, that is sort of called in, yeah. The likelihood increases that he will declare bankruptcy and no one will get anything. So it's like they're trying to get, trying to hit him now before he runs through that, before he runs into the to the bankruptcy free zone. Sure. Uh, hey Richie, I just printed out the top five. Can you go rustle that up and bring it in? That'd be fantastic. Yeah, if we're gonna do this iPod, then my iPod's right, going dead. Let's so do I'm that now. You know. All right. Let's do it now. Uh, so uh, did I give you the cable, Sarah? Yeah, I have the cable. I don't have the iPod. Uh, he has the I iPod. Have the iPod. All right, so, I already put it on shuffle. Right? All right, so the, here's the deal. All I have to do is hit shuffle? No, all you have to do is hit pull up play. I just hit shuffle two seconds ago. I have limited knowledge. I only know what the first sign is. So. All right, so here's the deal. So uh, can, but can you hit pause and then scan through it while it's paused? In other words, can you f- skip to the next song without it playing? 
I don't think there's any. I, I looked through them kind of replay. I didn't notice any uh, any profanity in any of the songs. All right. Well, you should. Is this no effects? No. Okay. No. All right. All right. I think I'm like, a, I know this song has Well, no. Sarah, as long as Sarah knows where either the pause button is or the pot is, we can always dump it. All right. All right. So this is the this is the top this is the next five random songs. I already sense this is a bad idea. Let's let's try it out. I already I already sense this is a bad a bad idea that we're engaging in right here. Wait, what are we doing? Are we doing Timmy Ryan or are we doing this? Well, what would you suggest? Mine's doing this iPod dead. thing or the top five? Your iPod's about to go down? Well, I mean it's it's got limited time, so if we're gonna do the iPod, we're gonna have to do it. And it's all ready to rock. You know right, what? Let's just do it tomorrow. Let's just do it tomorrow. Let's. I have I have reservations. I have reservations. No, no, about I, I this. looked through them. They're not bad. I'm just saying. It seems like Sarah doesn't really know how to no, use the iPod. You don't really know what's going to come up. It's about to go dead. Here in the Raiders. All right. Well, we'll we'll handle it tomorrow. All right. Fine. Because I got mine. We can do. We can both. We, you know what? Aaron's coming in tomorrow, so all three of us could do it tomorrow. Okay. We can all all three of us can steal it from oh, the onion at once. Uh, all right. Everyone, everyone in the room together. That's going to be craziness. Oh, I thought you were asking us to do something together just now. <laughs> no. Everyone, we're all in the room together. I'm going to stop talking. Here's the top five. Five, four. It's a holiday, three, almost. Two, you know, there's five, nobody upstairs. Five, oh, yeah, the office is closed. The office too, is right? closed. Yeah, everybody's gone. They're all at home drinking right now. Counting is wonderful. Counting is marvelous. Counting's the best thing to do. Counting is happiness. Counting is ecstasy. I love to count, don't you? All right, ladies and gentlemen, here is Timmy Ryan with today's top five. Okay. And from listener Larry comes this top five based around that most versatile instrument, the human voice. These are the top five songs featuring whistling that are not, and I repeat, are not, Dock of the Bay by Otis Redding. And by the way, there's already some that I see that I've... Because he gave me, I think, four of them, and we were supposed to come up with the other two, and then there's already some that I've sort of forgotten. I already feel like an ass. All right, these are the top five songs featuring whistling that are not Dock of the Bay. Honorable mention, I think this should be in the top five. Uh, the Bangles Walk Like an Egyptian. I mean, this, this is really the most niche top five, but it was sort of interesting to see how many there were. Can I tell you that I hate this song? Oh, the Bangles hated this song. Really? Yeah, yeah. I was uh, watching some documentary, and they were all pissed off because they all had to audition for their parts, and it was the first time they ever had to do that. Oh, to, they auditioned for the parts they sing in the song? Right, and so they kind of auditioned, and the, the, the parts got rearranged around. They were really mad because, I mean, before that, they were really influenced by, like, you know, the Beatles sure. and, and 60s rock, and they thought they were becoming something that they weren't. Well, you know, Susanna Hoffs, I mean, especially, was very talented. Uh, she did that CD with Matthew Sweet a couple years ago that was actually really, really good. Uh, but, of course, it's, you know, it is that good news, bad news where, hey, you have a huge hit, but, hey, it's nothing that you want to be associated with, and it's a song you don't like. And, yeah. you know, and the list of bands who have recorded songs under duress. Wait, here comes the whistling. It's hard not to whistle along. Is that whistling or a keyboard whistling? We've got it. That's gotta probably real people. whistling. I don't know. I, that sounded to me like a keyboard. 1985? Yeah, of course. They had I effects like whistling. that back then. That I think sounded, it's real whistling. No, that sounded like an automated keyboard. That sounded like automated whistling. I'm thinking of bands that had to record songs, you know, the sort of record songs under duress that became huge hits. The replacements. Uh, the friend that I'll be there for you by the, by another relation, the, uh, Rembrandt's. Rembrandt, I'll, be there, yeah. I'll be there for you. Hated that song. Uh, let's see. Simple Minds hated Don't You Forget About Me. They did? Yeah. They hated that song? They didn't write it. 
I know they didn't write it. Because they write all their own stuff, and they're like, you have to sing the song. And uh, Jim, what's his name, uh, from Simple Minds, Jim Kendrick or whatever his name is, yeah. he's he said that they did not like that song. I know, and, it pissed their fans off a lot when well, they recorded that song. You know, but it's the same thing of like, you don't, they, they hate the song until it becomes a huge hit. And then they're okay with it. And then they see the big bags of money. That's coming it. The they see the big check. You know who else did that? The cheap trick with the flame. Yeah. Which actually, if you see them, they typically don't play it. They in in most scenarios, I've seen trick, seen, seen cheap trick a whole bunch of times, and they typically don't play the flame uh, unless they're sharing the bill with another really mainstream act. In which case, they know the crowd wants it. Unless Rick Nielsen goes back into you know into cocaine, into cocaine, yeah. he needs more money. Counting on the top five songs featuring whistling that are not Otis Redding's "Dock of the Bay." All right, five the Beatles, two of us. By the way, the whistling in the song is almost non-existent. It happens at the very end. I was watching that Beatles uh, anthology a couple weeks ago, yeah. that like 11-hour documentary, and they, Ringo Starr is so great because they ask him, you know, at one point, there's that famous quote where they said, you know, what do you feel like being one of the Beatles? And Ringo, it's not that he's a, you know, he's a bad drummer. Technically, of course, he's, you know, people would say he's not a, a very technically a, a, a proficient drummer, but he's the right drummer for the Beatles. But he's a, you know, I feel like the guy that won the pools, you know, because he realizes how lucky he is. And you see Ringo Starr interviewed throughout this anthology. And he's clearly being in- interviewed in front of some billion-dollar home, like on, like on the sh- like on Hawaii, where it's just endless beach in every direction because he owns the whole thing, and just this crystal blue water and waves washing up. And you do really do realize, I mean, you know, there are moments when fate just smiles on you. You could be mediocre and still make millions. Yeah, that's my hope. He's coming to town uh, again, which with that all-star band, which I've never seen and I've always wanted to. Uh, yeah, he's coming to the Edgefield. Who's playing? Because I, I... it's always a great when that Ringo Starr and his All Star Band. It's always like him and Joe Walsh and you know Jim Keltner and all those guys. Just a whole bunch of really kind of cool. I think Hamish Stewart guys. from the Average White Band's playing with him now. Too. I mean, and they just and you know what? The, the, I, I I've seen the video of Ringo Starr's All Star Band playing, and it just seems like such a cool, relaxed, fun show. Because the deal is, Ringo Starr knows that he doesn't have enough songs to fill two hours. So he makes this all-star band where everybody has, like, three songs you want to hear, and they just go around the room, and they just take turns playing, like, and now a song Joe Walsh got famous singing, and they all play it. Now a song I I, I sang, and then they play it, and it just seems like a really great way to spend the night. So I'm going to try. I think Kink is doing that. So I'm going to try to see that this time. These are the top five uh, whistling songs that are not uh, Otis Redding's Doc of the Bay. I didn't know there was whistling in those. Ne- uh, oh, dude, time. are you kidding me? That, well, I don't. Is it really? Ryan, Hold on list. here. Okay, fine, fine, fine. Jay Giles Band Center. I thought that was keyboard whistling. You keep saying it's keyboard whistling like you don't want it to be real. Or some kind of flute. Some kind of flute. Is that maybe some kind of flute or some kind of wind instrument? Am I wrong about Am I wrong about this? I'm pretty sure it's whistling at the end. Let's find out. All right. I love this song. Can you look it up on the internet? Well, you know, don't look it up on the internet yet. You got to listen to it first. You gotta, you gotta make the guess. I see you typing. Give me Ryan, stop typing. I want you to, I want us to make the guess without looking it up. All right. This is a great song. And you know what? It's all about that little riff there. It's that na 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 na, and then this. Where's the whistling? It's at the end. Oh, it is whistling. You're right. 
Yeah. That's completely whistling. Uh, yeah. What a great song. I was just whistling to me. That was me. And you're saying that's Don't look it up. You have to wait. Stop looking. This is whistling. Well, it gets even more pronounced here in a second. This seems like a song Greg Kinn should have written. Yeah. Doesn't right, let's it? Listen. Oh, not yet. So really? That's whistling. Yeah, that's, that's completely whistling. You can tell with the. Yeah, that that's was a... totally whistling. Yeah. Let's see. You lose. Are you looking Timmy it up? Really? Are you really looking it up? Yeah. All right, fine. I don't see anything. Okay, maybe. Are you just really? You get it giving up that easily? Right. I yeah. love this next song. Top five whistling songs that are All not right. uh, Otis Redding's Dock in the Bay. Peter, Bo- uh, Peter Bjorn and John Young folks. I love that tinny uh, electronic MP3 effect. This is when you said whistling songs. This is the first song that came to mind. It's the first song that Chris Paddock came up with. I'm like whistling songs. Peter, Peter, John, and John. I'm already thinking of like nine songs that should have been on the list. But... You know what's not on this list? Huh? Can't smile without you by Barry Manilow. Or um, Every Morning by Sugar Ray. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Civil War by Guns N' Roses. And this whole album, I can't remember the name of it, but it's really good. It's great, like, driving around, like, with the windows down. like. Totally. I can see this listening to this late at night, highway going by in the darkness. This scene is kind of a haunting song. It is. The whistling come up again here in a second. I'm sensing it, yeah. When did this come out? Last year, I think. Early last year. Just for the record, that is also real whistling, Timmy Ryan. I think it might be a flute. The zither. Uh, Counting on the top five whistling songs that are not uh, Otis Redding's Dock of the Bay. Peter Gabriel, Games Without Frontiers. Kick-ass song. This is a pretty great song. I keep waiting for Peter Gabriel to put in another classic song. It hasn't happened in quite some time. He's too busy counting his millions. Yeah. You know, he has, um, at the end of Wally, which is a pretty great film, the closing credit song is Peter Gabriel, but boy, it's just so unbelievably dull. He doesn't look very good anymore either. Nah. He's lost his edge. The last really great album he did was uh, Us. Yeah. In uh, 92, I think. Is this from the album Melt? What? I think it's from the album Melt. Maybe. Yeah. Jane plays with Willie. 
Willie is happy again. Snooky plays with Leo. Sasha plays with Brit. Adolf builds a bonfire. Enrico plays with it. Winds of change. Wind of change. Really? For the scorpions? Yeah. Oh, Is there any chance that could be a keyboard whistling? Even who? Where? Here? Yeah. Being difficult now. You and your special. You know, and even if I'd remembered Wind of Change for the Scorpions, I wouldn't have put it on. I hate that song. I hate that song so much. Oh. So now I have to hear it, right? Now I get to hear it. Oh, now, we're coming by back. By saying to that I hate it, now I've guaranteed you'll play. Top five whistling songs that are not Otis Redding's Dock at the Bay. All right. Number one, Guns N' Roses, Patience. Great song. That's real whistling. Huh. You can't hate that. I think that's a flute. <laughs> Look it up to me, Ryan. This is, by the way... Yeah, never mind. <laughs> I was just going to say, uh, to me, I mean, I, I love Axl Rose. Slash all those guys, but you know the definitive member, the, the really the linchpin member of Guns N' Roses was Izzy Stradlin, uh, who never, never really got the public credit. Everybody thinks that the whole band was just Axel and Slash, and this this song, for example, written flat out 100% whole cloth by Izzy Stradlin. Really? And people, because it's a love song, people assume Axel Rose wrote it because he wrote a lot of those songs for Aaron Everly, uh, you know, like um, November Rain and Don't Cry and Sweet Child of Mine. And so anything that is remotely melodic or ballad-like is attributed to Axl Rose. And Izzy, Izzy Stradlin wrote this whole thing. And you can tell because it sounds kind of like a Stone song. You know, it has that kind of, it has that sort of, um, I got the blues era Rolling Stones. And Izzy Stradlin is, of course, the, the biggest Stones fanatic who ever lived. And anything you hear in Guns N' Roses that sounds like the Stones or an electrified Stones is all Izzy Stradlin. There is no doubt you're in my heart now. God, what a great song. The weird thing about this song is, too, when this came out, it was on the heels of Appetite for Destruction, and nobody had ever heard Axl Rose really sing in this lower register before, and I knew people that didn't believe it was him uh, until he kind of starts kind of wailing at the end. I knew people who refused to believe this was Axl Rose. And unfortunately, this is one of those songs that are saying like at 1.30, right before the karaoke bar. It totally. Yeah. And it's just some drunk guy singing to his girl. <laughs> this is for you, baby. All right. It is the Rick Emerson radio program. Uh, we'll come back after this with Scorpions. Uh, at Tom Likas at 3, Likas 101 at 5, Mike O'Mara Show at 7. We will return momentarily. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Who hates the song? I do. 
We should do top five power ballads that I hate. Well, that just sounds negative. Yes, it does. Soldiers passing by, listening to the wind of change. Wait, here it is again. Hello, it's the Rick Emerson. Oh, damn it, I thought there was the post. This one is all whistling all the time, even though you don't like it. It's not it's real whistling. This is fake whistling. <laughs> this is keyboard whistling. Jimmy Ryan, you're the whistling expert, real or fake? Not even listening. <laughs> oh, I, I know, I'm listening. I'm just trying to diagnose it. I thought he'd be grateful to have this opportunity to work on the show, real. but he's not even paying attention. No, Seriously, no, no. why are you not invested in this program? No, I'm just listening very hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't do that. What are you doing over there? Whistling, whistling along with it. Are you listening to the same station we are? <laughs> yeah. Are you whistling along with a Kenny whistle Chesney along? song? <laughs> okay, you better whistle along with it again. Will you please? All right, hang on. I'm starting it over. Oh God. Whistle along with it. All right. Kill me, kill me, God. It's the worst whistling I've ever heard. Keep going. <laughs> I, I can't do it. I'm laughing. Okay, sh- I'll start over again. Here you go. Oh please. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? What are you doing? My mouth is you dry. You have lips. <laughs> All right, one more time. Here's what's funny. Imagine a man with no lips trying to whistle. Well, I have lips. Are you faking? Can you really not whistle? No, I'm trying, but my mouth is really dry, and I'm laughing right now. What are you gonna do when you're now laughing? We know and your why Shelly was so bitter earlier. Even I can do better than that. Right. Okay, stop. Now you're just blowing into the microphone. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, all right, we'll do uh, random phone calls uh, till the uh, the top of the hour here. Hold on, me. Uh... All right. Random phone calls. It's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Don't forget, we're live tomorrow for our annual Christmas in July show, uh, featuring behind the Christmas Ebenezer. I barely knew her, and a brand new uh, Christmas mini production. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show, sir. Matt, if the case may be. Hi, Rick. How are you? What's up? Hey, I just want to say if uh, Timmy's on tomorrow, I'm going to bail on you and listen to UFO. Sorry. That's a terrible thing to say. Why would you bring such negativity? <laughs> That's just mean. It's like the last three minutes of the show. What are you negative uh, now? Seriously. Sorry. Why you got to hate? Timmy on Saturdays. You know, ah, you know, ah, you know what? We create 20 hours a week for you free of charge. Oh, that's it. You're no, no, for... did you hear what he said, though? He's going to listen to me no. Saturday morning. You know what? You're forbidden to listen. I forbid you to listen anymore. We take away your ears. Seriously, I've taken away your listening privileges. All right. Maybe I'll listen to the radio show that you do every day. Oh, wait. Oh, Rick. Don't I'm be just such saying, a poop. No, seriously. Why? What is that? People are people are bastards. You know what? But you know, because it's gold and they can't, uh, he can't contain himself at how hilarious it's been today. I'm just saying, Timmy Ryan comes here. He does the he does the the, the job We're as he more does it. If we keep talking about it, I'm just saying, uh, the, that the, guy, you're dead to me. Full of really nice calls. Dead to me. Dead. Unbelievably dead to me. Hello. Dead and decomposed to me. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hey guys. What's up? Is guaranteed 100 sweetness and light. Um, I'm... no negativity here. Uh, just a quick suggestion. As Try to speak quieter. Sorry. Uh, it, um, how can I help just, you, sir? <laughs> just, well, Rick. Um, Let's move it along. <laughs> 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 up on him. <laughs> Sarah just reached for the kill button. Hey, Rick. Hi, what's up? Hello. <laughs> I just I wanted to mention uh, Brother Bones, 
Sweet Georgia Brown. Oh, yeah, good one. Also the Andy Griffith theme. I, w I had that on my list, too. Yeah, all right. That was too and obvious, though. Do you realize we've had to go three calls in for actual substance here? Jesus. All hey, right. I read Bronx is Burning. That is an excellent book. The Bronx is Burning is fantastic. It's a great and book. And I also friend. read Youth and Revolt, and your show. Did you like it? It's one of the best books I've ever read. Excellent. Glad you glad you liked it, sir. All right. Are you what are you reading right now? I just finished I'm I'm reading the scanner darkly. Oh yes. Is that got, Philip K. Dick? Yeah. Yeah. Um my girlfriend recommended me it. I'll try to get through it. I'm, I'm not, not much of a cyberpunk fan. Neither am I. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well if you need further recommendations, you call up, we'll let you know what to read. All right, you're Thank great. You. Thank you, my friend. <laughs> Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey guys. What's up? Uh speaking of books, so just uh uh, there's a book you'd mentioned a while ago, like uh, it was like short stories for adults, something like that. Uh, it's Ruled Doll, the Ruled Doll Omnibus. What's a rule? What? Ruled Doll. It looks like oh. Ruled. This is the guy that wrote James and the Giant Peach. R O A L D D A H L. Ruled Doll. It is called the Ruled Doll Omnibus, and it's a collection of short sort of thrillers that he wrote for adults. Mm. All right. Yeah, they're kind of creepy, sort of Stephen King kind of stories. Cool. All right. Thank All right. you. My, thank you, my friend. Thank you. All right. Powell's Books of Cedar Hills Crossing. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. What's up? What's up? Hey, man, I love when uh, when Timmy Ryan comes on the show, but I, I kind of wonder why he does, because you guys treat him like he's the redheaded stepchild. <laughs> it's like, first of all, life goes to hell every time he, you know, he's going to go home, his girlfriend's going to be all pissed off. And yeah, she's just, not too happy right now, but that's yeah. okay. You know, but he exchanges that for the love of Sarah and myself. Yeah, well, uh, uh, good for you, and uh, uh, Timmy, I enjoy when you're on the show. Good job. Um, thank right. you. See, thank you. For... That's one out of, like, 20 who called up and said they like me. So. You know, but, you know, for every person who calls, there are 20 who think it but don't call. Yeah. So I wouldn't worry about so it. So if there's, like, 20 people who called today and said they hate me, that means there's 20 more. Well, that's the other way of looking close. at it, I suppose. <laughs> I was trying to give you a call. Why do you got to turn it into hate? Uh, is this the last call, sir, that we're taking right now? Oh, I bet it You're probably be. the last call. Please don't suck. Hello. Okay, I just wanted to do this for Sarah. Okay, I don't know if this is going to suck or not, but I'm going to try. There you go. Thank you. That awesome. That's a great Thank call. You. Good for you, sir. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, my friend. All right. Last call of the day. If you're on hold right now, there's no time to be fair to another caller. Give us a call tomorrow. We will be here for our annual Christmas in July show. Uh, so uh, join us then. We'll have uh, Ebenezer, I barely knew her, behind the Christmas and so forth. We want to thank Christina Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins, Steve Kastenbaum, uh, Rick Emerson, show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah Stillman for AM 970, the talker in the newsroom, Timmy Ryan, and for Tim Riley on the phones, Richard Bristol, the gatekeeper, Dave Zinn, uh, the webmistress, Bridget from upstairs, director of engineering, Brian Jones, and CBS Radio Portland marketing guru, Susan, don't F with me, Reynolds, like us next, like us 101 at 5, Mike O'Mara show at 7. We'll see you tomorrow at 10 for the recap and 11 uh, for the show. Thanks for listening. Be safe. Don't let the bastards grind it down. See you all tomorrow. Bye now. It's actually coming in a diplomatic pouch.